Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben, and indeed everybody else. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, as av- we did advertise that Lucy was going to be a guest on this episode. However, unfortunately, she's not available. Um, don't know if a Mafregan's got her or not. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe Mafregan's got her. I can't confirm or deny that. Maybe she's off dancing with Mafregan. Yeah. Are we officially saying? (laughs) Are we officially saying Mafregan as well? Is that officially a thing now? I intend to uh, be inconsistent about that as the episode proceeds. Sometimes Megan, sometimes Megan, sometimes Mafregan. See, because I I mean, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before, but my daughter's name is Megan. Okay. Um, So kind of got another two daughters with the same name. Otherwise, that third one. Can you imagine? So it's a bit weird just like saying Megan out and out because I I never really say that word. That sounds silly because um, I call her Meggie, call her Me- Megatron, uh, just Meg, just Meg usually. Megan is like um, if she's big trouble, something. big trouble. Yeah, but not big trouble, but just like uh, any usually refers just like leaving leaving rappers in the most random play, play, places. By rappers, I don't mean the likes of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Ladies Love Cool James. <laughs> I mean, like, like chocolate and sweet wrappers. Like, in, Megan, in, in, you've in... left your cool James on the side in the kitchen again, two feet from the bin. For oh, God's sake! Uh, it's just yeah, it's just it's just it's just wrappers, uh, sweet wrappers. I get annoyed with. Oh, why have you done that? You shove them down the down the the crevices of the sofa. Disgusting. Putting them back in the celebrations packet. Oh, see, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a bad person for that. I just sit there with it on my lap and I think I can't bother to amass. I can't amass the wrappers on the side because Dennis, dog, not my son, uh, will will come and just like steal them it, like intermittently. I can't do that. I know we've always, I guess if already... you're putting them in there, you're creating like a like a like a chaff. If your hand getting more chocolates is like a chocolate seeking missile, that's like yeah. a that's like yeah. a chaff that will deter that missile. And that in many ways you're pro- hopefully providing yourself a nice surprise when you finally go to empty out and go, oh, these are all gone. What's that? One left. Oh, 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly the reason I'm doing it. 100%. Um, we've already mentioned Lady Lady Loves Cool James um, once on this podcast, but now, mere, mere minutes later, we'll mention him again. It was his birthday. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday, Cool James. If you are listening, which we know you listen to maybe one in every three episodes, I'm told. I don't know if that's true. Um, happy birthday. I hope you saw the message out on Twitter that Andy sent. Uh, yeah. did you did you tag him in it? I didn't tag him in it. I thought, well, oh, if, he, yeah, if he's worry. if he's looking, it, it'll come across it. A nice little birthday surprise for him. Don't at me. It's what is what he usually says. Um, on his phone going off on his birthday, he might be trying to spend it with his family. That's true. That's Don't cause a row. He's like, uh, what's your phone blown up for James? It's no, my birthday. Birthday messages from my fa- my friends at the horror hangout. And I'll get. It's meant to be a family day. Thanks. And that's yeah. his birthday pretty, ruined. So I didn't tag down. him. Yeah, I feel like if this is your birthday day, you make the rules. If you want your phone out, it's out, you know? You might want to I'm go just... on Twitter and pop the balloons that come up on his profile. Can you pop them? I think you can pop them, yeah, if you poke them. I never knew that. Oh, you've just missed your birthday for this year as well. Jesus. I'm going to have to it's go to just... almost a year before you can try. <laughs> and I won't remember. I won't remember. I'll set a reminder on my phone now. Um, yeah, so just, just the two of us again, and also, the first new release of 2023 that we've been covering, and what a time! What a time uh, for a new release. I feel like I think today is officially Blue Monday. Whether you're a believer in that or not, or you think Blue Monday was invented by travel companies to sell more holidays, which I think potentially it was. Um, <clears throat> what a way to to make yourself feel great is by watching a a, a camp, over the top, very silly horror movie. That's fun. But as we'll come to it as well, I think a generation's new iconic character is born. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and as I mentioned on I think I think I, I think I think I tweeted it before. Um as I mentioned, not just we've covered a lot of diminutive antagonists in this on this show from Lena Clammer to uh, Warwick Davis, the leprechaun, Brahms, Chucky himself. We've covered all the little ones. Now we've got another little one to add to the add to the list, the ever-growing She's list. A little robot as well. I think a little a little robot. Yeah, I think I think Megan is maybe one of the first in a while new horror characters. Tech passes a real like crossing the borders of mediums. I was watching Megan, I was looking at some of her moves that she pulls out in this movie, and I was thinking, I'd see Megan in a Mortal Kombat game. Imagine <laughs> oh, that. Wow, okay. Throwing okay. down. You'd need her, but you need Bob as well. Oh, the uh, Bruce, the big the big robot. What did I call him? Bob. Bob. <laughs> I've called him Bob like about three times since watching that film. No one's corrected me. Bruce. Sorry. So, Sorry, Bruce. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, what would I do without you? Um, I guess we'll jump into some horror news because there's quite a big piece of horror news for um, British horror fans, but also uh, fans of this podcast because it's an event that we've covered not once, but twice now um, last year. And we're going to be doing exactly the same this year. Um, whether we do that remotely or we do it in person, we're going to try our best to cover both events of Fright Fest, Fright Fest Glasgow in March and the main Fright Fest in London um, in August. 
the so the free day event for the Scotland Fright Fest, a gla- it, which is returning as part of Glasgow Film Festival, has been revealed, um, which is very very exciting. Lots of lots of stuff um, on there for you to get your teeth into. I'm sure they're going to add <clears throat> add more to the lineup as well, as I think they do. Um, have you seen it now, Andy? At a quick glance, I haven't had time to fully absorb it all yet. I'm going to sit down a little bit of bedtime reading and go through and add some films to my watch lists. Um, mm. and, you know, now we're doing some covering. I might lit- literally try and actually do some real legitimate journalistic preparation and see which films I'd be oh. most excited to talk to the creative teams behind as well. Yeah, so hopefully we're going to do that sort of stuff as well. Talk to some directors and writers and creative teams behind some of these films in future episodes leading up to the event but yeah on in march it is a three-day event march 9th march 10th and march 11th and it looks like the main film they're kind of leading with is winnie the pooh blood and honey as we know and i think we've mentioned on this podcast at some point when this got announced the the rights for winnie the pooh written by someone a milne I was going to say A.A. Milne, but that didn't sound right. I feel like I would have just said it, and it would have been like, you what? It's written by J.R.R. Tolkien. Someone else has <laughs> got letters. Yeah. Um, so obviously they've gone, listen, listen, uh, the Fright Fest. Um, sorry, listen, Winnie the Pooh, we can public do whatever domain we want. Now. With the, public domain, we can do whatever we want with the character. What should you do? Just slap a Winnie the Pooh mask on someone and make a slasher movie called Blood and Honey. I've got to admit, I'm not entirely sold by it as a concept um as i as i wasn't when they're like oh you know the grinch yeah well we made a horror film about the grinch like in december whenever that came out i was still a bit like uh, do you know what i mean i'm i'm not entirely sold by it as a premise but willing to be convinced well, that to look back at this at the end of the year when you're like a number one film of the year 2023 <laughs> yeah uh, I can imagine you know, it as well. You know, much, I mean, you know, I'll get a bump from me, Ben, because if we watch it at a festival, you look at my top oh, ten from last year. Jesus, can't believe it. Yeah, all <laughs> over watch it. it. Watch it in the French language. My goodness, it'll be number zero Wonderful. of ten. The highest you, know you can get. The tagline for Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey is "Be warned, this ain't no bedtime story." <laughs> I was like, oh, I was hoping it was. We need a poop, blood and honey. I would is... have gone for the tagline of, oh, bother, because that's what he says, isn't it? That's much better. Then again, also... that might be the bit that isn't public domain, because there's, oh, bother, the Disney winning the Winnie the Pooh, uh, which is not in okay. the public domain. So you can't do, you know do a Tigger in this one. You know what I'm disappointed by? Um, a, it looks like they've got a piglet, but rather than it really looking like piglet, it's just like a big scary pig mask with big tusks. And I think you should have kept it like a little piglet mask. And B, I'm also disappointed that Winnie the Pooh isn't just a man in a red t-shirt and no bottoms. No, no bottoms. No pants, uh, underwear, trousers, none of that. Just his tallywhacker hanging out and his little orange, orange? Oh, little yellow ass on display. That would be much better, I feel like. Um, you want a bottomless but- Winnie the Pooh killer? Yeah, I feel like because uh, I feel like that would be actually be much more, um, scared, uh, like terrifying. I'd be if if a man in a Winnie the Pooh mask was coming towards me, I can imagine being moderately scared. If a man in a Winnie the Pooh mask was coming towards me with no trousers on and a red t-shirt, I I'd be t- scared tenfold. I believe. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, well, you know, they might they might have not fallen into the trap of many Hollywood production companies and sport the best bit in the trailer. Maybe this yeah. is something you'll see live on screens. That, that might be the best bit. Um, are we going to get like a Christopher Robin type? Christopher uh, Robin's in it. It talks in the synopsis that like, oh, can okay. Christopher Robin turn it all around? Is it? <laughs> oh my god! I'm not sure it's playing Christopher Robin. I'm. Gonna, we're gonna have to get ready for this before we go into the into the movie. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to. Um, so yeah, there's that which is showing, and then other films. Um, on Thursday, smoking causes coughing. Sizu might be saying that incorrectly. Um, on uh, Friday, there's hashtag Chad gets the axe. Sounds great. Into it. Um, Irati, a Spanish horror, is also premiering that day. That's a, a UK premiere. So some of these are international premieres. Some of them are UK premieres. Um, Mother Superior, um, Austrian movie, UK premiere. Pensive, Lithuanian slasher movie. Apparently the very first Lithuanian slasher movie, slasher movie gets its UK premiere. Um, on the Saturday, did I already say Saturday? Friday. No, I think we're on this, Friday. All right. This is all the Friday. Sorry. So Thursday was Thursday night for March, Friday the 10th for March. Um, and then Saturday is Hunt Her, Kill Her. Um, and it gets his international pre- premiere. Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls um, gets his international premiere. L- uh, Little Bone Lodge, a British film, gets his world premiere. Very nice. Here for Blood, a Canadian movie, international premiere. 13 Exorcisms, 13 Exorcisms, one word. Um, Spanish movie, international premiere. Con- Consecration. I've said that correctly, haven't I? Oh, this, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the only one I believe out of all of those and Winnie the Pooh that I've seen something of. Uh, this stars Jenna Malone and Danny Danny Houston of 30 Days of Night. Um, oh, there he is. And that gets his international premiere as well. So already, what a lineup. And so the tickets for Fright Fest Glasgow go on sale Wednesday, the 18th of January. That's end of this week at 12 p.m. So set your bloody alarm. Get yourself to the Fright Fest official website. Um and we'll stick that in the show notes. Why not? Um, if you fancy it, but it's Frightfest. Frightfest.co.uk. We're going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. So if you've enjoyed our coverage of Frightfest so far, it's going to continue. Me and Andy will be talking to creators and we'll be doing episodes on on the fest yeah, as well. We'll be getting busy and watching as many of those films as we can. Right, yeah. I mean, you've already taken on the 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 sort of watching movies getting them all in for the what we've been watching sections and i've been i've been seriously lagging behind so it's going to come easy to you. you're trained i feel like you're training for a marathon this is what you're doing i and am you've done but, that uh, yeah i am training for a marathon i'm training i think after last year's summer fright fest and the volume of films we had to get through <laughs> oh god yeah getting used to like what i've done then is i've broken the the cycle of needing to have the full time to sit and sit and watch the entire movie when when there's volume to get through having to make the decision well you know what i've got half an hour now i will watch and i think the secret i found there is don't necessarily use your entire 30 minutes if there's a good break point at 25 that's where you stop yeah but 20 years later helps you get through it and then also just being disciplined to like go right I'm going to come back to the thing that I'm a little bit into and, yeah. and get and watch more of it before I get sidetracked with something else. But it's helping me get through a bit of that watch list, which is still obscenely long. Like I think yeah. on Letterboxd, my to watch list is in excess of 600 movies. And 
the majority oh. of those things are already out. There's only there's precious few that are like this film isn't out yet. So mm. lots to catch up on. Lovely. Okay. Um, other news apart from Fright Fest. God, I always do that to me. I always get a bit my tongue tied when I try to say it, Andy. Flight Flest. Um, also, Chucky has officially been renewed for season three. I'm sure you saw that news. I did. Um, incredibly popular show. Still, unfortunately, a show that I've not even started. Whereabouts well, I'll are you? I'll tell you what, Ben. If you're Go commercial, commercial free-wise, Chucky season one has only just turned up on Shudder, hasn't it? Oh, has it? Yeah. It's on oh there now. God didn't even know can, that brand new you, brand spanking if you, if you didn't catch it on i think it ran on sci-fi um if you haven't caught it on sci-fi the sci-fi channel uh, on freeview on the uk now uh, available on shudder for all of you watching pleasure advert free <sighs> i'm glad it's doing well you know uh, i need to go and check it out but i'm glad it's doing well because is you always get the worry of these things that you know oh, what if it gets cancelled but maybe just the fact that it's the, the, the networks it's on is showing why it's being is given a chance and also finding its audience as well. Um, this is good. This is good. This is exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to checking it out. Sorry, Maybe, do I wait until I've got three whole seasons to get through like a greedy, like a greedy guts? You could join Maybe. me, Ben. Actually, like spoilers a little bit for the what we've been watching section, but inspired by a week of diminutive killers and the news that. Season three of Chucky has come in. Kicked off season two this week. I watched the first episode. Oh, nice. On it. So I've started um, season two. We've got some more um, TV. Horror horror franchises being made into TV shows news here. Um, I'll start off by saying, obviously, last week was, was Friday the 13th. And as, as always, the horror community bands together in celebration of Jason Voorhees uh, or Mrs. Voorhees or both. You know, you don't have to be exclusively one Just or the, the other. Just the Voorhees family. Just the Voorhees family. They come as a package. Um, I watched a Jason movie. Did you watch any Jason? You know, well, I didn't watch any Jason. But for, for me, Friday the 13th is every day of the year. So, you know. I see it's... what you mean. So you're a man who who bad luck doesn't exist for. You make your own luck. Exactly, you make your own luck, and I see, I see Jason in the the smile of every child, the song of every bird. <laughs> I walk down the street and I hear the birds, and I don't hear the tweeting that you might hear. I hear the <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, me too. So the news about is the Crystal Lake TV show. Apparently, Kevin Williamson, um, obviously screenwriter who wrote Scream, and he's got a new movie out as well called Sick, which I think has only just come out, which is already on my watch list because apparently it's all right. Uh, don't, I don't even know if it's... By saying all right, it feels like I'm doing it a disservice. Apparently it's good. Um, and also the original Friday the 13th final girl, Adrienne King, will have a recurring role. Whether she will be playing the character from that movie or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah. That's exciting. The fact that they're both involved, horror royalty, horror alumni, um, very very exciting. Yeah, I'm interested what the what the Friday the Thirteenth series is going to be like. I'm absolutely going to be checking it out though. Hell yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and that is pretty much it for news. The only other bit I wanted to mention, literally just now, because I remembered, is a new movie called. I don't want to butcher the title, so feel free if you've heard it said out loud. Skinnamarink. 
No, I have not heard it. I will take that pronunciation, though. Okay, Skinnamarink, do you know much about this? No, not a sausage. Not a sausage. Okay, so this has just been released in uh, the US in various theatres. It is a Shudder original, so I'm hoping we're going to get it um, at some point. Pretty quick sharp. But however, it's it's another movie where everybody is going, this is the scariest shit you've ever seen. Um, You're going to faint. You're going to be terrified. Um, I don't know if it's based on, I don't think it's based on gore like Terrifier 2, but it's getting those sort of um, sort of superlatives thrown at it. Um, the film follows two children who wake up in the night to discover that they cannot find their father and that the windows, doors and other objects in the house are disappearing. Um, wow. I don't know all that much about it. The poster is really effective. It's like an upside down shot of a, I don't know if it's a fine footage movie. It might be a fine footage movie. But apparently it's an experimental horror movie. I thought I'd mention it just so I can get it out there and remind myself that it, it exists. And also, we should probably give it a look. Give it a look whether we do a yeah. bonus episode if it uh, comes out. Add it to my list as we speak. He says as he now attempts to work out how to type and spell Skinnamarink. I don't know what a Skinnamarink is, but you know, maybe it's a. I don't know. It sounds painful. Oh, now um, that you know Skinnamarink. I had oh, I, was, I was always confident that you would nail it, Andy. Um so yeah, there's that. That's that's all that's everything for the news. I guess now we go on to what we've been watching. I will um you know I'm gonna go first, Andy, because you've got a load Please of stuff do. to get for, haven't you? I don't want to get to the point where I'm just like, oh, he's gone for everything I've already seen. Yeah, because we've got a big <laughs> one to talk hand. about today, I think, right? So you go for it and we'll finish with the one that we've both watched. Sounds great. Okay, so I have got just just three or four. I watched the William Friedkin movie Sorcerer, which stars Roy Schneider and other and others. Um, it's not horror. It's like a thriller based on these four guys from across the world who are escort escorting like a payload of really dangerous um, dynamite through the Colombian jungle. And it's like even if you jolt a little bit, the the <laughs> the dynamite will explode and they're like taking it in a van. Uh really good. Really, really tense. Drawn out tension was great. Um really well made film. The the like the maybe the first third of the story takes a while to get going, like introducing characters, but after that, um, it's a really, really well made um thriller. Like you're on a knife edge pretty much for the entirety of the movie. Highly recommend that. I think actually Mr. Luke Condor with a K in a previous episode suggested it to me. I added it to a watch list. I'm gonna say years ago. Um but yeah. I also watched so I went from nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty five and I watched Ron Howard's Cocoon now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Cocoon was a, one of those films that I used to watch loads as a kid. Um and I, re- I read an interesting comment about this on Letterboxd where somebody said, this is one of those films in the 80s. It was always on TV and 90s. Everyone seemed to love it. It had a really good sort of like like message um, to it. And it was kind of like a, a family-friendly sci-fi film. But it seems like now in the 21st century, it's kind of like vanished. Like it's never on yeah. TV. No one kind of talks about it. It's directed by Ron Howard. Um, it doesn't kind of get discussed when we talk about 80 sci-fi as much as we would discuss i don't know something like flight of the navigator for example um yeah. as one of Could those films is like the opposite of the beach right it's the old people's home what makes you young yeah well it makes you feel young doesn't yeah. physically turn you young but oh, makes you feel great it's good i mean the aliens 
of kind of I don't know if you remember. Do you remember what the aliens look like in this film? Aren't they like oh, kind of white, featureless aliens? But they got nice, lovely faces. Kind of, yeah. They look kind of like these white, floating, glowing aliens, um, and they are a bit creepy, you know. But they're not not bad aliens at all. They're they're nice aliens. But this is a a really sort of magical '80s film, and it's the fact that like the the main cast of characters. I mean, it does have Steve Guttenberg in it as well. Obviously, everyone. Police uh, Academy's from, own, Police Academy's own, Free Men and the Baby's own, Steve Guttenberg. But the fact that like the most of the cast is like elderly people is really interesting. I think it's a really interesting um, decision. Well, based on the subject matter, of course it would be. But if you'd never seen it, because because my partner uh, Charlie had never seen it, and I was like, you never seen, I've never seen. And then I think I mentioned it to my mum, who who used to watch it with me years ago. She's like, "Oh yeah, Cocoon's amazing. I love that film." I think if you've never heard of it, oh my god, go and watch it. Hopefully, this if you have heard of it and you have seen it, this might uh, make you remember it exists. I just definitely the aliens. It's it's like Mr. Burns <laughs> when he's in the X Files episode. He's all glowy. It's exactly like Mr. Burns. It's exactly like that. What did you search? Aliens, Cocoon, just Cocoon, Aliens. They got ever such lovely faces. I think they're. They got big moon face. They're like kind of like I still think they're Teletubbies. I kind of still think they're quite scary, and that sounds silly because you see like an 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 old like dying one. Oh yeah, they're horrible. Uh, then they're all they're all slurped out. Then yeah, yeah, they love doing this in the eight, isn't they? Like an old creepy dying alien, and like when the human because they disguise themselves as humans when they kind of like take off their skin suits, that was pretty creepy as well. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because oh. even like family, even family-friendly films from the eighties, there was always something That's about a bit them. Scary. It's a bit scary, a bit freaky. Antarians are called. Yeah, yeah, definitely go to go and watch this. It's a good time, um, and it was great to revisit because I think I used to have it like on two VHS tapes recorded off the TV. Oh, double-sided. Should have whacked it on long play. You've been all right. <laughs> yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I ran out of time. Um, I also watched Run, Sweetheart, Run, Andy. Oh, I um, the movie that? that you. You included in your top 10. Um, I haven't actually written my thoughts down here, but I did enjoy it up until it took a turn. And I know the turn was supposed to be like, oh, you thought it was this, did you? Well, actually, it's this. I don't know. It just didn't work quite as well for me when it took that turn. I kind of expected something. And when it, I mean, is it a spoiler? I mean, it is a spoiler and it's saying that there's a certain element. You kind of think it's rooted in reality. And when you realize it isn't, I don't know. Some it kind of fell apart at the seams a bit for me. I, I think can see why I could see why the ending would be different. I think we may, depending on guest schedules and new releases, we may end up talking about this in more detail. So I won't go into detail. Okay. I can see how the yeah. end could go either way for you. But um I think I'd given it its credit for the stylistic bits and those bits where it just comes oh, up. Oh yeah. When the action kicks off and it gives you like a run, it's like watching yeah, that's good. The start of a video game bit where it's like, right, it's time to yeah. go. QTE's on, mate. Go. QTE. Like, will you run away from Nemesis or will you fight him head on? Yeah. Um, so Ella Belinska, who I've only seen in the Resident Evil TV show, goes to show what a good script can do for an actress. Because in this, I'm just like, she's amazing. She's great, um, isn't she? She's great. And she's in Charlie's Angels as well, which I've not actually seen, but I probably should. So um, she is the new one. Yeah. yeah. Watched on a plane, what, classic oh, plane movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And then what's his flavor? Pilu Azbek. So I only know him from Game of Thrones, um, 
but he's in things like Uncharted, Overlord, Ghost in the Shell, the the um Scarlett Hansen one, suitably sinister and genuinely quite scary. Um, I don't know about again. I don't want to go too much into it. How did you feel about the fourth wall break bits? Oh, it's all right. I quite like it. It's nice, yeah, nice and cheeky. And I also <laughs> like that dog. That dog was fun. Oh, dog's great. Wasn't he brilliant? Get... It just comes out of nowhere. It's, right, it's me, a dog. Oh, it's me, out. a dog. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, yeah, and then finally, to celebrate, Friday the 13th, I watched Jason X, because I think it's like oh. the one. <laughs> <laughs> what a time. What a time. So I've got like quite fond memories of this. And I think out of Jason, out of Jason X and Freddy versus Jason, Jason X was always the one that I kind of thought was the good one and Friday and Freddy versus Jason was the one that was a bit naff, but both still fun in their own rights. Um, this is a really weird one. It doesn't feel like a film. It feels like a made for TV movie or like a, 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 t- a science fiction, a 90s science fiction show, because there's something just really about the sensibilities of it. I think it it's the does, lighting. It's got to be the lighting. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's lit like Paul W.S. Anderson's Resident Evil or an episode of Stargate. Yeah, or, ba- or Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, what's kind of crazy is that even though you, on the poster you see Jason in his brand new chrome hockey mask, he only has that for like the last ten minutes of the of the of the film. Um, I mean, it's it's very very silly. But I look forward to the day we can cover Jason X on the show. Unfortunately, by our self imposed rules, we've never done a franchise out of sequence. So I guess we've got. That's Eight true. more Jason movies to do first, because I think we've only done part one, right? So we've never done a movie that's got actual Jason Voorhees in it. No, oh, that sounds crazy, but 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 no. So we've only done the first. I, Friday I feel. The I feel like I feel like something like Jason X is. I think if it had a number attached to it, or or I suppose it does. It is number ten. X is that 10. right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like <sighs> they've, they've got you. <laughs> they bloody got me. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. There's like a cyborg woman who ends up going toe-to-toe with him. I mean, t- to be fair, rather than it being a movie about Jason Voorhees killing people, it's more like a movie about people trying to kill him. Like, yeah. he kills people, yeah, but I mean, the amount of bullets he absorbs is absolutely unreal. Um, oh, it does have David Cronenberg in it as well, in the in the intro, in the beginning scene. Um, but you know what? I still think it's a good time. I'm not going to I'm not going to slay it. I'm not going to say it's utter shit. I wouldn't say it's the worst I, of the franchise. I love the bit in the virtual reality bit towards the end. It's so funny. It's great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Very. Oh, what when he that it, it becomes Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, and those two. Hey, we're not paying any attention. He's not trying to kill the whole. It's great. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, love it. So that's it for me. I'm guessing you've got a more extensive list to run through for this week. Yeah, let me rattle through what I've got here for you, Ben. A few more recommendations. I've been a little inspired by what we've been what we've been watching. So a little sci- sci-fi slant to go with, to begin with, I watched a film called <laughs> Doors, which is a, it's like a sci-fi anthology movie. Um, let me just pull the year for this for you. So Doors is a sci-fi anthology movie, 2021, um, directed by a number of people because it's an anthology. Um, without warning, millions of mysterious alien, inverted commas, doors suddenly appear around the globe in a rush to determine the reason for their arrival. Mankind must work together to understand the purpose of these cosmic anomalies. Uh, with a slight bent towards horror on these as well, 
just a really interesting, um, quite stylish for some of the sections pieces. There's one of them the that's called Knockers about these, um, uh, like these people that try and go into the doors to like explore. So like astronauts that go into the doors to explore what's within them. Yeah. Um, and once you get over the thoughts of, is that Josh from Drake and Josh? It is. Um, <laughs> once, once you get over that, actually there's some good like horror bits in there. Very kind of surreal sci-fi. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a good, it's a good little exploration and there isn't a full, you know, it doesn't necessarily all follow on from each other. It's just four little standalone pieces that you can, that you can take in. That I enjoyed Wow, um, okay, so that's good. Then, inspired by the upcoming Megan, I watched another episode of the 90s. Well, I watched two, in fact, episodes of the 90s, The Outer Limits. One of them was Blood Brothers, oh, wow. in which um, one of the members of Spando Ballet is a bad brother, and there's a good one, and they find a disease uh, that, you know, that they want to market as a chemical company, Berry Umbrella. But yeah. inspired by Megan, the episode I watched was Valerie 23, which certainly when I was at school was the one everyone was talking about because it had nudity in it. But it's okay. about how the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is a paraplegic man who his company, a robot company, give uh, a robot companion to who he goes from day one being really rude to, despite the fact that they've programmed it with feelings and it can cry and get upset, dead rude to it, night one. Night two sleeps with the robot and then and then Jesus. goes back to absolutely negging her and oh. slagging her off again until she goes mad you know what it's really good it's what's the fun... name valerie valerie 23 is the name of the episode it is the second uh well the first one is sankings it's two parts so it's episode three of the first season of the outer limits oh, the 90s outer okay. limits i see uh, there's a shot of her like the back of her head getting fiddled with yeah it's uh, good. I, I recognize that. It's good 90s sci-fi. It's better produced than you would think it is. And a little bit of genre nods here. Um, the physical therapist that the Grim Reaper um, has, a, has a relationship with, which he dumps the robot girlfriend for, is uh, Huxley from Robocop. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed cool. I enjoyed that a great deal. I then went on and did a little bit of culture, watched an Argentinian horror movie on Shudder called Crystallize. Not as crystallize. in crystallize in to turn things into crystal, but crystal pours eyes. So crystal pours eyes. Yeah, to have eyes with the quality of crystals, which mm. is about a uh, a fashion model who is a right old train wreck and gets killed. Uh, and then a year, on the year anniversary of her death, the other supermodels that she knows begin getting getting moidered. Oh, it's set in the eighties. Fun. It's a bit of it's a low budget slasher. It's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. fun. What's that called again? Crystal Eyes. Oh yeah, I don't know why I needed <laughs> why I needed you to. I should have listened. I did. I just forgot immediately. Sorry. Um, I, then I went on and watched the films that you have seen again, sticking with Shudder, getting my money's worth this year. Um, yeah. I watched a film you've seen. I saw A Wounded Fawn, which you've seen with uh, oh, yeah. Josh Rubin is mm. acts the shit out of these things, doesn't he? Like, yeah, you know, for his more comedic performance, I watched recently in Scare Me. He's properly scary and creepy in this. He's really good. Yeah. 
And like, to I be mean, fair, everyone in this film's good. It feels like, I think what I mentioned before, it feels like you're watching a piece of theatre rather than a movie mm. sometimes, isn't it? It feels like you could watch, um, it feels like you're kind of like front row at the old theatre, watching somebody have an argument and then it goes a bit experimental and, and nuts. Yeah, it's really strange um, in, in parts. And you're right, it, it mm. really goes extreme. And I like the way they, they make it look like an older film than it is, right? Is it the... Do they put like an effect on the film to make it look like it's cinema real or yeah yeah sure, I, actually possibly. I I stylistically I thought it was really good I like the surreal elements it had some goes into kind of folk horror or like a like an otherworldly mythology piece about it and like I I, I dug yeah. it a lot I thought it was I thought it was really good mm-hmm. um and really well created then I watched the McPherson tape. Um, which I think you've seen. It's the alien yeah. abduction one. It's like the found footage yeah. piece. Lalian. It's daft, isn't it? <laughs> it's incredibly daft. Daft um, as shit, but, but you know very what? 90s. I found the I found the reactions of quite a lot of it. There are some bits where they're clearly acting, you know, when they try and actually deliver dialogue like Hey, have you seen mom? She's been drinking a lot recently. Well, haven't you done like those bits are a bit forced, but when it's just yeah. a big load of families shouting and sh- talking over each other in the house, yeah, it's really good. I quite there's like a li- it. There's a little alien in here. Yeah, get out. Yeah, yeah, a little alien comes in, and I've um, I'm gonna watch the remake because I feel like the '90s remake is something I have seen before, but I've not. Oh, um, I don't recall, so I'm gonna try and seek that and watch it again. Is that called the same thing as well? Uh, no, that one is called something like Alien Abduction colon the something incident. Incident in Lake, incident Lake County, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. I feel like okay. I've seen that on Sci-Fi late at night, so I need to revisit that to just refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, then I um, went back and watched something. I know Luke Condor with a case recommended this before, but I am going to work through it. I watched the first season of Sci-Fi's Channel Zero, aka Candle oh. Cove is the first one. I had seen it before, but I'd kind of only pseudo watched it and I hadn't really paid proper attention to it. So I watched that again with a mind to then go into the other series of that one. Because I know particularly some of the later ones people reviewed quite strongly. So I've started, Mm -hmm. I've started on that like interesting adaptation for I think what personally I think it's a fun little one of those creepypasta stories, isn't it, that these ones are all based on. Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't necessarily bear being extended out to a full series like this like this was uh it becomes something beyond the original concept which worked well standalone for me mm-hmm. um but you know what there was still some there were still some things to enjoy and there was still some really creepy imagery like a child made entirely of teeth um that was teeth fun. kid yeah little tooth boy um but he was a he was a spoilers for a series that came out a while ago everybody but yeah he's a He's a bad little boy with psychic powers. He needs to be taught a lesson. Serves him right. Um, Serves him right, tooth boy. Little toothy lad. Um, I then watched Superhost on Shudder that came out. Like I saw it advertised later last year. Um, Obviously leaning into the Airbnb piece. Um, Yeah, Mm. a couple of YouTubers who review um, holiday lets basically go to a holiday let and they meet an unusual host. This for me was massively elevated. Like it's it's a fun movie. It has some good funny scenes. It's got some quite comedic moments to it as well. Let me just pull the name of the lead actor here 
because for me, this entire thing was massively boosted by the the performance of the lead here. So <clears throat> Gracie, great Gracie Gillum is is plays Rebecca, who is the titular superhost. She is in um Colin Farrell's Fight Night, Fright Night. She's in the Fright Night remake. I can't cannot see who as yeah. she's quite far I'm down the at, cast list, so at... maybe not a major character, but she is phenomenal in this. She is joyously chaotic and evil in it, and I think she does a brilliant job to make this film something I'd actually go from saying, hey, this is something I've seen, to I'd actually recommend you sit and watch this. I had a lot of yeah. fun with it. I don't think I've heard of that. Just looking at the poster now, she's uh, pulling some pretty intense faces. She's great. She's really good in it. Like, There's a lot of fun to be had in there, mm. and I think some of the performances... It's a combination of like comedic and Barbara Crampton has a cameo in it as well. Horror royalty. Nice. Um, but yes, yeah, nice. Gracie Gillum is fantastic in it. She's, I would like to see her in more horror stuff. Mm. Finally got round to starting <clears throat> Cabinet of Curiosities. Watched the first one of those, Lot 36. Um, yeah, it was nice. Fun. fun. A good little starter. I like a nice, neat story that goes full circle and something. I'm a big fan of Chekhov, Ben. You know me. And we have Chekhov's padlock in this one, and I'd love to see it come back. Um, then I took a little break uh, from, from watching. That was day it. one. Nah. <laughs> a, 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 a little break, though. And then I went to some reading. I read the Ice Cream Man, the comic book. I read the first volume of that. Picked it up on oh, a yeah. Humble Bundle or okay. a sale or something like that. Um, you know what? I knew that it was an acclaimed um, comic book but I did not know anything else about it. It's basically the horror anthology. The Ice Cream Man is, I haven't got, but maybe as we get into further volumes, I'll understand who it is and we'll find out more of his background, but he's Some a bit sort of a Beelzebub car oh, character. Okay, so like, you know, he'll you. meet people and they'll give him a flavor of ice cream and then some, some Rum strange and raisin, please. Get out of there. Yeah, none of that. Mint chocolate chip or not or now. Yeah, I, I really like it. I think one of my particular favorite ones in the first volume is one where there is like an old guy from a rock band who was a one-hit wonder and he thinks, can I have one more? And then having his ice cream, he goes into like a bizarre a bizarre space-age world where other characters such as Major Tom, Ruby Tuesday, just like um, oh, wow. fictionalized versions of song characters, Eleanor Rigby is in there as like they are fighting like an alien invasion um, and he has to come up with a new song to save the world. It's great. It's, wow. it's surreal. It's really fun. I'm going to look forward to reading, reading the rest of those. And yeah. Then I got into the Resident Evil Village DLC, so Memories <sighs> of Rose. Have you played it? No, I've still I've still got to play it. Um, it feels I, I like... downloaded it, but I still need to play it. Well, I'm not done yet. The begin It feels like it's basically Resident Evil Village, the greatest hits against the first one. The first bit is going around fighting kind of molded creatures going there. Yeah. And then the second section is probably one of the scarier horror game. Is it almost like something from time. that Doctor 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 Who with the look away from the things and they chase after you? Like Yep. That's a bit that I that's the bit that I've just done. So for those people who've played Resident Evil Village, you know, there's the section that's like the doll's house where there's the where it's your combat is taken away and then it's about doing puzzles and things scare you. And yeah. towards the end of it, you have to find your way through in the dark to go and get a fuse. 
and there's there's a mannequin that doesn't come out. It will kill you if it gets close to you, but won't move. Classic Mario booze. If you look at them, <laughs> yeah. they don't move. Um, but obviously, you have to look at where you're going sometimes. So I was there moving the camera around, keeping this thing in eye shot. And if you've ever left, if your character isn't looking at it, it will start to move. So then, oh, you know, inevitably, at some points, you will step away from it, and then you'll see it come around the cor- the corner again. There's a very <laughs> it's horrible, very horrible movement. But if you just turn and your then, back to it, just get you. Yeah, just get you. Thankfully, it didn't because I'm dead good at computer games, me. But um, <laughs> on the way back out after you've got the fuse it goes from having one which is kind of a little tutorial to then there being yeah. several of them and then you oh. cannot physically look at all of them so having to play a game of like right if i look away from this one until it's got closer then look back i can keep them both in frame while i walk uh, to the door it's um it was really special. tense but great and i've got incredible. some more got some more of that to finish but i'm moving through that then i watched take back the night which is the story also on shutter uh, a woman is attacked on a late night uh, on the way back from a night out and then begins a, a vigilante case to hunt down the monster that attacks her. It's a monster that attacks her, by the way. Uh, so it okay. begins like a vigilante effort to try and take back the night. Started Chucky season two, like I mentioned. I also watched an 80s horror movie called Annihilator, which is for reasons that are not really explained. A man's girlfriend goes back from a trip to Hawaii that she's that she's won. And you'll never guess what, Ben. Go on. She's a bloody robot now. Finds out she's a robot. Tries to drown him in a lake. Um, oh. So he goes how'd on the be... run. How'd that happen? We never know. <laughs> um, we never find out. The robots have got names. <laughs> They're like a race of alien robots, and they replace people with robots that will try and kill a person. Oh, yeah. It's absolute 80s madness. Absolute, absolute lunacy. Uh, just great visual overlays to robot vision as they're calculating things a bit like Megan. Um, and uh, yeah, absolute madness of all these. I, I all recognize the, po- I recognize the poster for this as well. 1985. Yeah. That's the one. 86, 86. Sorry. Okay. And the bloody, new, the main character is called Robert Armour. Robert Armour, Mr. Armour. And there's one bit where he's got a gun that he's for killing robots and it, he, it, it, he loses sight of his gun from it. You know what? One of the robots has done it bent it so he goes to get his gun back out it's like, like naked gun you you barrels <laughs> um, but, but apart from that one more thing that we've both watched now um no spoilers yeah. for everyone but it's the hottest new topic right now last of us has started yeah oh god sorry i thought you were talking about mafregan the last of us uh, has we'll come to started premiered uh in america on the 15th and then i think we well we could have watched it if we stayed up to 2 a.m but i didn't do that we've seen the first episode now (laughs) set your sky plus box for it we've seen the first episode initial thoughts without spoiling anything because i think a lot of people are going to watch this without having played the game so yeah i haven't i haven't got around to playing the games yet i watched oh yeah of course i feel like for me there are there are lots of bits i think visually at very least which i think i would have got more out having seen the games because I know that lots of them are very faithful to that. Whereas I see them having not done the games, I'm like, it's a nice shot. <laughs> That's lovely. That's beautiful. Um, I watched, you know, the, I think the game famously, you know, no spoilers there is heart, heart wrenching and, and sad quite often. And I think they've definitely pulled that vibe to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it's too early in the show to know what it'll build into, but solid first episode. I'm, 
actually yeah. going to make an effort to keep on this one as it goes through and be in the moment with it. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think yeah. that's what I'm going to try and do as well. Um, <clears throat> as a big fan of the games, I feel like it's replica. It's perfect casting, um, but I feel like it's also replicated scenes from the games really well however like sometimes that doesn't work you know if you do beat for beat it doesn't work however luckily something like the last of us where like it's cinematic in itself and it's like a triple a title with a, a really really great story replicating some of the scenes is perfectly fine i know they've made some changes um minor changes i believe that i've read about nothing that's been confirmed by the show yet but yeah tense heart-wrenching and scary you know so these are these are the things that it needs to get right and yeah i think the last of us is probably up there with not just some of the best um video games for this but also some of the best media in any form um maybe not well yeah in any form where human relationships are represented in such a tragic um just like complex desperate way that that like it, it is genuinely like like fascinating to to watch and characters obviously in the last of us characters you spend hours upon hours and hours with that when something tragic does happen to one of them or or some or you know someone that you're close to in that game you really do feel it and i feel like that's what's going to happen with the show as well is that pedro pascal and bella ramsey are such great actors that i think they're going to replicate that extremely well um for fans fans of the games but also for new fans as well i think it's going to be interesting to see how it happens because on the surface you could just go oh another zombie apocalypse of course it's not straight up that but it's the human story that that is really really fascinating you know put it set it against a different backdrop post-apocalyptic or not i think it i think it really does work well there's really well-written characters and the fact that so many people from the games are involved um voice actors through to um the director um the 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 um, composer for the for the sign Neil Druckmann yet yeah. is that is that what you said sorry yeah Rucko. um and then the composer as well doing the soundtrack like the opening credits um have got the main theme from the games that is very very important I can't stress enough like one of my favorite video game to movie adaptations of Silent Hill and you know what I reckon about twenty five percent of that is the fact that it uses essentially all the same music. The fact that it does that sets the tone perfectly if you're a fan of the games. If it opened and had a completely different soundtrack, you know, you've already got a perfectly great, recognizable soundtrack that everybody loves and is perfect for the game. Please, please use it. Obviously, re-record it. Um, Fine. Please, please use it because I think it just adds so much to the vibe of it. I don't know if you agree with that, Andy. No, I could I could go with that. Imagine Resident Evil with a proper... The proper like exactly. safe room soundtrack. If Resident Evil had a safe room soundtrack or like the main hall in Resident Evil Two, um, there it. Oh, do you know what? Not only are there are there lots of Easter eggs for this, I got a couple of Resident Evil vibes during The Last of Us as well. Yeah, there's a yeah, particular. I could see those bits from watching those first sections. Yeah, and there's a particular moment, and this isn't this isn't a spoiler as such, but there's a particular moment where some characters get separated by a flaming wreckage, and I was like, "This is Leon and Claire in Resident Evil 2. <laughs> this is exactly what it is, separated by a flaming wreckage. Brilliant." Um, and you know whether that was done on purpose or not, maybe I don't know. Um, but still, 
very very cool and and highly looking forward to it looking forward to talking to people about it who've never played the games as well you know so that people go oh, have you seen that new show last of us that's great isn't it and i'll go like ha i yeah looking forward oh, yeah. to loads of loads of those bloody normies telling you about this great new thing they've discovered I'll tell you what ben you <laughs> like horror don't you you uh, there's this yeah. thing called the last of us that's just come out maybe you want to maybe you want to check that out a little hint from me you may check you out may, mate, mainstream don't worry mike. about it yeah <laughs> mainstream mike all yeah, right i'll check out why not I'll have a look. I'll have a look. I'll see what's all about. You know, I'm I'll platinum the first game. I haven't. I haven't platinum the first game. Um, but yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Is... Chat your bloody ear off about watching too much stuff. Yeah, for Megan news. I'll yeah, tell you what, Maybe news. hopefully you've come with some more recommendations to put in your own list there. <laughs> or you've come straight here with a timestamp, which is why I put them there. You know, not that what we've been watching isn't interesting, Andy. But some people. Time is limp. Time is precious, and they want to hear what Aye. we think about Megan, aka Mafregan, aka Model Free Genet- Generative Android. Generative Android is that right? Um. So shall we? Shall we do yeah. it? Let's get into Megan, shall we? Yes. So, Megan, aka Mafregan, if you want to pronounce it like that, it's up to you. We won't judge you. Is a 2022 American science fiction horror film directed by Gerard Johnston. Written by Akela Cooper and starring Alison Williams and Violet McGraw. Akela Cooper, let's shout her out because not only is she the screenwriter for Megan, she also wrote Malignant. Um, and I feel like that is a hell of a one-two punch to be involved in, in terms of like modern horror that's like captured the 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 collective imaginations of of you know people who like their horror fun, I guess. And you know. Yeah. We've already discussed Malignant on this show, and it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. However, I do really appreciate um, what it did for the genre. Yeah. Um, and Malignant has grown on me. I might need to reassess that because I think I might have been quite harsh on it. Yeah, but I can't. I can't uh, entirely remember. But but I, now it's really stuck with me, and I still think about that chair throw, or when she beats up all those different <laughs> characters in the uh, in the prison cell. Yeah, that reveal is 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 second to none, um, and yeah, I think that I think that was a a, a well worked script. The fact that that the way it's going to drip fed, drip feeds you, um, and then hits you bang with this big reveal. I think that's great, and I think Megan's written really well as well. I've got a couple of couple of the choice reviews. Um, oh, actually, sorry, before I read the choice reviews because I was going to talk about the script and the choice reviews. Um, so the story for this is. A robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Begins? It's already got a life of its own. You designed it that way. How dare you? Um, Who's it starring? Amy Donald is Megan, but Jenna Davis does the voice of Megan. Don't get those two things confused. Alison Williams plays Gemma. Do you recognize Alison Williams? She is the girlfriend in Get Out. She's the girlfriend in Get Out. And what I like about this, right, is that you know what sometimes actors are so, like, hor- not horrible, but, like, it's so easy to hate in movies that they're tarnished forever. Whenever you see them, you go, ah, oh, that's that person from this. Good example is Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad, um, a.k.a. kind of looks a bit like Matt Damon. He's in loads of stuff. Um, but whenever I see him, I go, oh, you from Breaking Bad, who shot that kid. I can never look at you the same way. Alison Williams, I reckon the first 10 minutes, I was like, oh, it's a girlfriend from Get Out. Don't like her. After that, I'm trying I forgot. to slurp my brains out for, for an old old white man. 
Sorry. Yeah. But after that, I kind of I was on, I was on board with her, which I think is good because I think it shows that you know she, she her performance was 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 good enough to step away from that, so I wasn't affected. Violet McGraw is Katie. I recognise her. She is in. Is she in Doctor Sleep? That's what I'm looking at now. Some she's somebody in Doctor Sleep. I thought she was somebody in the Haunting of Hill House. Um, yeah, I think she is. The oh, was she like young? House. Is she one of the young, like the the kid version of? Um, yeah, she's the kid version of someone. She plays Gwen. Someone gets neck broken. She plays Gwen in the Black Phone as well. So yes. Uh, oh no, she doesn't. She's a sister. She's the sister of Gwen. Who plays. Uh, of the actress who plays Gwen in the Black Phone. Oh, okay. A family, talented, fam- talented family, talented family. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there there are some other characters as well, of course, but we'll get into that. Um, so choice reviews. I guess we should we should go for. We've got six point seven on IMDb, ninety five percent critic score at the moment. But obviously, it's only just come out, so that could possibly dwindle. 79% audience score. Everyone seems to be loving it. 3.3 on Letterboxd. I've got some choice reviews here. Some I agree with, some not so much. But I thought I'd get a nice cross-section. Um, Joe Aragon says... It's Aragon himself. Um, Malignant's little sister, Megan... Kingsbury leans, returned. <laughs> the king's back. He's on Letterboxd. Malignant's little sister, Megan leans into its absurdity and delivers way more laughs than scares, which for some may be a downer, but it's brimming, brimming with so much fun that it's almost impossible not to have a good time. Um, three and a half stars. Um, and then somebody simply known as coffee, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they prefer tea. Um, we says we fed an AI viral Twitter clips and asked it to write a trendy script. Here's the result. I don't think I agree with that. It wasn't one of those scripts that done my nothing. I was all right with it. You feel all right yeah. with it? Yeah. I, I like, think if anything else, like this is, if you look at things that are trending right now, it's things imitating the visuals we're seeing in Megan. Yeah, I don't think it's one of those scripts at all. Sorry to throw it under the bus again, Andy. I don't mean to do it. I know you quite enjoyed it, and I, I hate to keep doing this. It's not personal. Resident Evil TV show. That is we fed an AI viral Twitter clips. It's like we, that is we fed an AI 4chan, 4chan and Reddit boards <laughs> and asked it to write a trendy script. Here's the result. Zootopia porn. Um, Coffee's only given it two stars there. Um, and as Sergio Munoz Esquire says, masterpiece, game changer, one of the greatest experiences ever. A love letter to cinema, no notes, five stars. Oh, well done. Well, well, well. Um, so this is like a pretty anticipated release. Everyone was kind of really hyped for this being released early January and, you know, Super exciting. As I mentioned, we've covered Little Killers before. Killers is kind of a kind of a spoiler, but you know, I think it's to be expected. Um I think this was kind of almost everything I expected. I don't want to say and more, because I feel like it was everything I expected. I kind of went into it from watching the trailer and from going into it like this, I kind of expected it to go in this direction, and it did. For that reason, I'm not saying so I think it doesn't reinvent the wheel however it is definitely a good time i don't know an excellent wheel that they've made here it's an excellent wheel yeah it's one of those wheels where you're like look this wheel works absolutely perfectly this wheel does the job it's designed to do 
it doesn't do anything extra. Like you don't, you're not driving, and suddenly the wheels turn on their side and float off, like a fi- um, Fifth Element car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how you feel, but, they, being... but they do a thing. Um, I overall, like, I think there's a lot to like about this one. Primarily, it is a fun horror movie. Like you mentioned, the call out on the script. I I couldn't disagree more with the fact that that it felt like it was written by by an AI. Like, I think that... Yeah. Yeah, there are some bits that are developed and more developed and some characters that I think were... will come to the bits that that bother me sometimes. I just like people to be good at their jobs in, in films. <laughs> and I don't always feel like I get that. But yeah, um, I think that Megan, the character herself in particular, is... Like, is it cheating? Two actors betrayed the character, so maybe that's why they're very good. But I think very well performed and very well written. And I think it is there's some great subtlety as it goes from Megan, the robot that's working properly, to the personality that develops in the tone of the way she speaks, in the language that she chooses. I think it has great skill in developing that. And it's got a lot of character to it i came out of this movie really excited to see more of this character i think the strength of what they've created here is a franchise builder and in a coming off last year where i was really really more so more often than not disappointed by the franchise movies that we had with a few very you know notable exceptions it's refreshing to see something that i've come away from thinking instead of Oh God, more of that again. Hearing mm. something that's like, oh, I'd like to see more of this. I want to see more of this character. I wonder how they might do this with this character yeah. next. It's interesting. It was, yeah, it was really interesting to see that stuff coming about. And I think it was well written and well well delivered. And there's some other themes which we'll dive into later, which your mileage may vary on. But I thought it was there was some interesting things to say with this film. Yeah, I feel like that was what I kind of was surprised by. I know my comments just now made it sound like I wasn't, but I think in terms of the way it played out and the way um, it wraps up was was what I expected it to do. However, the things I didn't expect it to do, I guess, were um, the comments it kind of made on like grief and loss and family and um, becoming reliant on something, you know, whether that's technology or, 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 you know, many things like that of toys there was the, the piece that i really gave me pause ben in the cinema i took a little sip of my drink and thought just think about that for a minute mm. like the the piece about parenthood and unplanned parenthood in the you know i think it's a secret you get this from the trailers pretty well and also spoilers for this movie we're about to do the plot details of but um megan goes to live with her aunt unexpectedly because her parents die so sorry, like uh, Katie goes to live with the parents, and Megan is a Megan is a robot that she gives her because this is a woman who is unprepared to look after a child, doesn't know how to relate to a child, and so being an expert in technology, what she does is she does what she knows how to do and has a machine that supports that. And early on, they talk about um, well, Megan can do all these amazing things, so she can always talk to the kids. She can remind her to put the toilet seat down and to and to wash her hands wash your hands wash your hands disgusted it it can do those things and i think they have an exchange between two characters say well 
if you're getting the robot to do all that, what are you doing with her? Like, why are you not reading your kid a bedtime story and things like that? And of course, there's there's a moment early in the film where kind of like screen time is discussed and mentioned, and I think, I mean, all parents deal with deal with becoming a parent for the first time in different ways. So I can't just I'm not trying to be a, throw a generalization over it. I'm trying to just discuss how some people may have been affected. Is that I've been talking about postnatal depression and everything like that as well. Like people can go from being I'm I've got I've got this under wraps to suddenly being like oh, I'm completely overwhelmed, you know. And in terms of screen time, like sometimes maybe you feel like you need that break and you're almost allowing you're not literally allowing an iPad to parent your child, but you're just having that moment of respite where the iPad is kind mm. of like the center of attention. And some people would deal with it in different ways. Other people might, you know, I really don't want my child to be on an iPad at all. Other people, this is the only time I can relax and and sort of can have have a moment to myself, but a minute to think. A minute to think, yeah. And uh, I understand that it's represented here in in a really extreme manner, but it kind of makes sense, especially with the way technology is changing Um, every day. Obviously, years ago, and people of a certain generation will have no qualms about telling you, back in my day, I didn't have an iPad, didn't have a TV, didn't have a nickel to scratch my ass with, <laughs> all of that stuff. They feel free to tell you that, but it's like, okay, but, you know, times change. But you Technology do have things now. Technology <laughs> changes. Um, go with the flow or get left behind. Um, but at the same time, it's interesting to think, like, how will different generations change when you know i've seen i've heard stories about kids who constantly talk in american accents um who aren't american because they watch nothing but youtube so it's really interesting to to think about that that thing like future generations will be different in certain ways because of technology not saying it's all going to be negative or all going to be positive um but i think this film brought up a lot of that um in a really interesting way in terms of um replacing a loved one for grief and it reminded me of that black mirror episode as well with um domino gleason cyrus not not the miley cyrus one the one with um domino gleason where he dies and then his girlfriend like has him replicated as like an ai that talks to him via text as email and then eventually voice chat and then eventually turns up in a new robot body um kind of reminded me of that in a way where it's like wow like it's it's kind of crazy to think that that could could be a possibility and it's kind of represented in this film um it's a bit like the outer limits episode valerie 23 it's exactly um, like the outer limits episode of valerie 23 yeah would it make um, a good a good double feature yeah you could watch these two together because also like we we talk about the cost of them i've said all these things where the, there's the stark warnings that the film produces for us about you know the reliance on robotic assistance things like that but they do talk about the price of a of a megan and their 10 grand or thereabouts right yeah um to be fair i haven't got a kid but 10 grand just have a megan help you out around the house but this is another another interesting thing like people from certain um income households are gonna be completely priced out of this um, not that it's going to go on on general sale anytime soon. Unfortunately, the uh, the <laughs> the the model it didn't work out. But you know, people getting priced out of things like that. Like, is that fair? Essentially, are we like, oh, is that? F- Do you know what I mean? Like, kids are going to afford ten grand. I've got like a best robot friend. A lot of stuff around Christmas where it's like, hang on a minute, my friend got a PS Five and I only got a 
something less than a PS5. Does Santa like that kid more than me? You know, all of those things that can kind of be little faults that children and their developing minds may need to think about. Um, if you turn around and say, that's because you haven't been as good, actually. So that'd be you that's the bad guy. <laughs> you haven't been as good, actually. I've been great. I've been doing loads of stuff. Well, loads of stuff, well, stuff for the homeless. did more. But he's a bastard. Oh, yeah, it probably makes sense, yeah. Little <laughs> spoilt, little spoiled brat. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it has a lot to say um, with... And what I kind of liked as well was the fact that there's nothing really, there's nothing supernatural here at play, mm-hmm. um, and it's not ghoulies, no, not a ghost in sight. Sorry, sorry, no, ghoulies are ghosts, and, and it's not just like this, this um, AI slash robot thing isn't evil just for the sake of it. She has a goal, and that goal develops throughout the film. Um, what starts off as you know fairly basic, um, protecting or kind of being there emotionally for um, our main character, Katie it soon becomes something more sinister because the AI is kind of and is kind of learning in such a way where it's like, well, if I'm going to protect her, then th- that means I, I have do. to take take out any threats. Whether I have to stretch, <laughs> whether I have to kill kill a, a a neighbor with an evil dog, or I have to kill a, a boy by stretching his ear really long and thin like a fruit roll up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hate to say this, um, but I was probably on Megan's side for more of this film than you might expect. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't be on Megan's side. Who? I mean, some people. I mean, less right like up in, right up until I mean, she threatens a lobotomy, I guess. I think it gets up to a point where, like, maybe she's not protecting KD. Maybe she's literally just she's enjoying it now. There's definitely a crossover point then. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it, it's it's done really well. And that little boy I mean, wanted his ear snapping off, though. Teach him a lesson. Ah, oh, I mean, the only thing I think about this script is: could you write at any? more like just horrible little bastard kid there's no nuance to him at all it's literally just like he's a little bastard kid that is destined to be an offender put him on the register now kid who's like what five years older than katie like physically squishing her hand into a into a yeah into a conquer shell whatever it is god he's dead if i'm honest but um (laughs) yeah i think you're right um but yeah should we we'll get into this plot wise i guess Anything else you want to say about the general casting or anything like that? No, I don't think so. I think I think everyone's pretty solid. Um, yeah, we'll get into it with the casting. So basically, we start with Katie in a car with her parents. She's like, oh, actually, no, we don't. We start with an advert for a product. Forever don't we? Um, What's it called? Forever Pets. But I think it's like fur as in F-U-R and then ever. Plan words and forever, but they're also furry. It's like a cross between a, it's like a Furby. I guess it's a bit like a minion as well. It kind of looks like that with the big eyes. Minion, and they've got like a, I guess like I went to the name of the virtual assistant speaker. They've got that in their thing, and they run with an app, and you can talk to them. Yeah, and I see this is where I again I, sorry, uh, reviewer person, but. it's shorthand and lazy to say, hey, this is example X, as this is if you fed an AI this thing. That itself is cliched and written by an AI. The feedback <laughs> that you get from these, yeah. that is AI written, like really basic route one marketing stuff. Like, And they show that they've made these obnoxious toys that would make you roll your eyes as a parent, that basically they do like a fart joke or they say like 
standard catchphrases as a toy, right? The kids would love it, though, you know? They would. Kids like some absolute shit. Sorry, kids. We live in a world where marketing is is king, and none more so than, yeah, stuff like that, but also that, you know, that drink prime, which is big time at the moment, literally just a shitty old watered-down energy drink, because it's got that KSI and Logan Paul attached to it, people are selling it for like £15 a bottle. Goes so to show. please, Ben, feel like I've, feel like I've achieved something because I didn't know what the fuck that drink was. In your face, you two. You don't get my brain. Yeah, exactly. But that's the fit that goes to show like how much marketing works for kids like of, of all ages, really. Um, so, yeah, kids kids would want this shitty little thing because it makes fart jokes and it's like that. And what we, what we established early on is that Katie is quite she's into the toy she's also really into her ipad and they kind of give her screen time like listen when you're 30 minutes is up get off of it um so yeah this advert is from a company called funky um and when we see katie and her parents are driving on a ski trip they're like on a mountain in literally the worst weather possible to be driving in right yeah it's too it's too snowy they're skidding they're having a Really well written driving fight. These that's how driving fights happen. You should have got chains. Well, we neither of us knew you needed chains for the tires until three yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, you only knew that now, so don't pretend like it's my fault. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, I mean, even though I've seen the trailer at this moment, I was just like full of full of terror terror and dread. It was like the opening scene of casualty where you knew somebody was immediately gonna oh, get the hurt opening or scene die. of casualty, like hey. Don't clean your shotgun like that. Someone will have an accident. All right. Or, oh yeah, I know I've I know I've had this vertigo recently, and I'm eight months pregnant. But I'm just going to get up this step ladder to do this bit of painting. All right. There was an episode sure? of Casualty. There's an episode of Casualty where somebody like switched on a, a like turned a switch on the wall in the kitchen, and like their house blew up. Honestly, yes. stayed with me for about stayed with me for like five years. Where every single time I would switch put turn a switch on in the kitchen or anywhere else, I'd think. Is it going to explode? Nope. Got, got away with it. You're now smelling for gas every time. Smelling for gas. It's me again. I swear I've done that before. I've been like, I, I've smelled gas and I've had the windows open for ages. And then I've been like, <laughs> you like pause on the light switch in case that's the time. Yeah, it's, it's had me as well. You ever tried to turn the, turn the light switch on halfway? Neither on nor off. <laughs> Schrodinger's light. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is you. You you've captured it perfectly, Ben. That's exactly how that bit feels. Because I know her parents aren't in this movie. Um, yeah, and they go, okay, we'll just pull off the side of the road until someone comes along and sweeps the road. Did they even them, pull off? I'm pretty sure they just stop in the middle of well, the road. They stopped in the middle of the road, and they they plan to pull off until they can be safe. But then the snowplow they were hoping to see comes a little sooner. <laughs> I wish one of them closed their eyes and went, I wish for a snow plan right now. And then, yeah, bad decision, unfortunately. They had a birthday wish saved up, they hadn't used. And then it <laughs> manifested it like Noel Edmonds and helicopters. Uh, manifests it straight away and they get they get snow plowed. They get absolutely snow plowed to death. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it flashes and we were supposed to think that that's what's happened, that they've died. Um, and then we cut to... Aunt Gemma. Yeah, we cut to Gemma just doing some... I guess she gets the call about about the family shortly because now we have a little bit of her 
at her work, meeting all the quirky characters that she works with, right? So yeah. Tess and Cole and Gemma are down in the down in their toy lab at the toy at the toy company, making some and they've got some they've made an expensive Megan. They've Megan's already a thing. She's already so, been built and they're so testing it looks out like, some skin on her. Yeah, so it looks like initially they're like working on a, a new version of this for what are they called? Perpetual pet. Fur pet. I thought they were called perpetual forever, pet. Forever pets. So they're like perpet. No, oh, well, they they must be. Maybe one's yeah. a variant of another, but they're making they're making a them. new. They need to make a cheaper version of it, don't they? Because it's retailing quite high, and then there's a a a. a, a Someone's ripped a, them off with some. Ship another versions. company's ripped them off a ship version, but they're cheaper, which I feel like wouldn't matter. I feel like no matter the price, if, you, if your branding's you know, on, if your branding's on, it wouldn't matter. Um. But Gemma's like, oh, active not... sport, mom. That's one stripe too many. I'm going to get battered for this. It's half the price. <laughs> I'm going to get battered for this. It's half the price, though. I don't give a fuck. Um... NAFCO 36 jacket, mom. This is not going to fly. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> so rather than developing this brand new version of this, they've gone, you know what? I know I should be doing my job and doing this, but I've actually spent under grand on a new prototype for something that I really ain't even a toy. It's literally like if you worked for, I don't know, Hot Wheels and you're developing a new brand new little toy car and you went, actually, I've knocked up an actual Lamborghini over there. An actual What's Lamborghini. They go, what you've done there is missed the brief. You've completely missed the brief. Who are we going to sell that to? Um, but yeah, they've developed a Megan. And they go to show it off and it looks like it might work, but then it explodes because Cole has forgot to put some kind of separator in there. I feel like he, if that cost 100 grand and they've now lost 100 grand, Cole should be viable for that. Um, no one else should be in, in in fear of losing their job. Yeah, it shouldn't um, be like, what have you developed? Like, well, I developed it well. It exploded because this idiot didn't put a thing in. Absolutely disgraceful, yeah. But um, the boss who is... a. Uh... At first I was like, oh, is he going to be awful? But he's he's hilariously awful, so that's okay. Like at yeah. first, I was like, "Oh, is this just going to be a really?" Before you know, the tone of the film is going to take. You think, um, "Is this character going to be a terrible, like I'm a horrible boss?" Cliche. It's uh, David David Lin it's playing. Dave. Sorry, Ronnie Cheng playing David Lin. Yeah, so Ronnie Cheng from uh, the Daily Show as well. So he's been on Daily Show for years. Always, always enjoyed his segments on there. So uh, good to see him. Good to see him on the big screen. I think he's been in a couple of things before already. He's in Shang. He's in Shang Chi. He's in um, Godzilla vs Kong. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. So, um, they're all pretty huge movies. So he's he's yeah. getting about. Um, he's getting and about. He, and at first, I thought, oh, okay, is this going to be like an awful character that isn't in tone, keeping with the rest of? He's perfectly in tone with the rest of the film. He's great. I really liked him. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so he is furious that he says, right, I need you to build me the cheap version of these toys by Friday. Um, and I'm furious. Don't waste any more money on on Megan's. All right. Um, <laughs> Don't waste any more money. Like as if that was that is as if that would be all that happens. Like you spent one hundred thousand pounds of company money and he's just gone. Listen, no more Megan's make something else. Um, that's not how life works, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Megan looks pretty creepy when they put the the mask on her, the sort of silicone face on her. Because the face doesn't like... really work at first, because she like it like doesn't mesh to the face, and it like kind of 
curls up slightly wrong. Yeah, there's something like uncanny valley about her face anyway, isn't there? Yeah, I um, think they deliberately make it quite uncanny. Yeah, um, it's pretty terrifying. In many ways, again, a great, great design choice because you could have, you know, you spend a fortune trying to make these things look perfect and there's something horrible and uncanny about them, but to deliberately design something that looks ever so slightly uncanny is yeah, masterfully it's done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's um, good. But then just as she's been given a bloody deadline by the boss, Gemma's probably saying to herself, oh, how can this day get any worse? <laughs> and then the phone goes, and it's the hospital to say, did comment the time, oh, she got that, because it says, like, so-and-so emergency centre. And I was like, oh, yeah. Save that number in your contacts. Have you got um, that number saved? Doesn't make sense. It would just uh, be a, it'd be an unknown number, wouldn't it? Sure, withheld. Like, come on. Hospitals. Withheld, yeah. But um, it does. It comes up as a name, and then the day does get worse as she finds that her sister and brother-in-law have been blown up, and um, has to go and adopt the kid. Yeah. So um, Katie is injured, but okay. She's not. She's not dead. Um, she's got a few few face scabs. That's it. A few face scabs, and I guess what's interesting here is that Gemma is a very career-orientated, talented um, roboticist who pretty much lives and breathes her career as you would, I think if you had that sort of skill set. And the last thing on her mind is sort of having kids. She doesn't appear to be in a relationship with anybody. Um, so, you know, she's got some Tinder notifications waiting for her when she gets home. So she's, <laughs> yeah, uh, she, she, so she's got she's some not of the in old a relationship, tins. not in a relationship, but maybe actively looking or maybe not, you know, maybe we've all got needs. Um, but <laughs> But yeah, so the fact that she's suddenly thrust into this new life of being a, a, par- a parent slash guardian, because here's the thing, she does pretty much sign something to say that she's now the guardian, doesn't she? Even it's though paperwork. we're made aware quite quite early on that the parents of the brother-in-law are also keen to sort of help out. But I think Gemma sort of feels like she's got, because they live far away. Um, in I Florida. She's kind of, she's like- Shade on Florida. She like goes, oh, the all the way in Florida. Shit all. <laughs> Shit Florida. You've been there for more than five minutes. There's always a headline in the paper. Florida man does this. Florida man does that. Yeah. So she's not. She's not near happy it. So she's she takes her over to the. This is where we get. I wanted to take your opinion on this. So they. She drives Katie back. She goes and gets a couple of bags. Also, Megan's in the car too. Like just in boxes because she, she's taking that back because the guy says take it out buddy office um, he doesn't say bin it though he goes put it in a dark closet somewhere um, so she's taking all this stuff home and she's getting katie and all of her stuff to bring home um and then we get a bloody jump scare no sooner she pulls on the drive ben what do you how do you feel about that i know you're not a fan um that's all right i think that's not too don't get the window i'm not completely against all jump scares i think i'm just against the the lead in jump scares where you're like there's gonna be a jump scare and there is and it's a fake out and then there's the real jump scare that shit gets on my nerves this was kind of all right because in a scene where there's pretty much no tension and suddenly we're feeling a bit tense you know i think that's that can be done correctly and then she has a bit of a confrontation with a neighbor who is like jet washing her drive jet washing her drive with some sort of weird um chemical and there's a big hole in the fence which the dog like keeps getting through. It's um, like a perfect dog-shaped hole as well. 
<laughs> yeah, like a cartoon, like the dog from the side, tail and four legs. <laughs> also, this woman seems to love her dog, right? She's obsessed with it. Uh, loves it. Why she made a dog sleep outside, Dan? If you sleep love your dog so much, kennel. if you love your dog so much, get indoors with you. Selfish. And at the time, this neighbor's sort of trying to go out and stop with you, keep your dog from going to things. She's like, oh, okay. Do you want to borrow my jet washer? No, I want you to not. Like, <laughs> rude. She's like, no, I'd rather you didn't fucking jet wash your you know, chemicals all over my drive that I don't clearly care about because I've not really house proud yeah. about not having chemicals on my drive, but I don't mind <laughs> having a massive hole in my fence. No chemicals on my drive, please. Um, that's one thing I stand against. Uh, so yeah, she takes KD into the house, and obviously KD is suitably shell shocked by everything she's gone through, and I guess the the weight of kind of what's happening is starting to fall upon her when she realised because Gemma's house is not like set up for any kids really, as it she's wouldn't got collectibles, be. Collectibles, no toys. She's got collectibles, toys. I'm kind of made to think that she's not. She was never that close with her sister and and KD. Like I'm, I'm sure they've met, but I don't think that they, they were like particularly mm-hmm. close. Um, her spare room where Katie sleeps is like got loads of gym stuff in there, and she's a bit like, "Oh, sorry, we'll make this more homely at some point." Um, but yeah, despite the fact this has happened, she's still got the deadline on her mind. You know, she's literally just lost her sister. I feel like she could take a couple of weeks off. I think she takes a week off because she loses some time, and they say, "I think uh, they yeah. highlight, oh, we've got to give it this week because the boss isn't going to want you to have any more time off.'" Annoying, really, and that you'd be like, "Forget it." Can you guys not pick this up? Can you guys pick this up without me? Considering, because like, do you have to? Like, if he wants the prototypes, they have to. Surely you can just do the design work and say, "Oh, this is how you'll make them cheaper." We don't have to build them by. Yeah, yeah, it's just a presentation, isn't it? You can just go right. This is how we're going to do it. Remember this alloy we've got inside. Yeah, we're going to replace it with plastic. Done. All right, that's that's twenty percent off already. Uh, we're going to make it 10% smaller as well. There we go. That's what she needs to do. She does appear to work from home. She's got like a office area slash lab. A garage it. workshop place, doesn't she? And this is where yeah. we have like a little bit. And this is where we get the build into it as well. Like at first she says goodnight to Katie and then kinds of hear a, hears a cry in herself to sleep and like doesn't know what to do, kinds of stands and hesitates at the doorway. And then she just stops. So is like, oh, okay, fine get back to yeah. it now i guess um and because it must be i next... mean incredible incredibly difficult for Gemma. obviously incredibly difficult for katie but Gemma's suddenly a parent but not only is she a parent she's a parent to like a grieving child as well you know yeah um and i think she says to her at some point like the worst thing that could have ever happened to you happened to you so like how do you help somebody through that um, deal with those get- things apart from getting her a megan uh, at this point, she's not really facing it. And then the the next morning comes, and unfortunately, the one thing that neither of them are prepared for is a visit from the most judgmental social worker of all time. Yeah, she's immediately... He turns judged. up at the door and is like... Stay, stands in silence and then kind of judges Gemma for not knowing, oh, I'm Mrs. Whatever. Oh, yeah, she like expects her to know who she is by just first-name basis. This is his... Yeah, she's like, oh, my wish is whatever. And then she looks at her blankly and then is like, uh, the person assessing to see if you're a to see if you're a fit parent, but which basically means I need to like you, otherwise Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not knowing how to 
have to deal with this. The most judgmental um, health worker comes around in the, in the world comes over and goes, I'm just going to watch you uh, play with each other. What about these toys over here? And then immediately thrown under the bus. Katie's like, oh, those are collectibles. They're not for playing with. She goes, no, no. Rip open these priceless collectibles. <laughs> and yeah. then for someone who's just there to observe, didn't I have to stick a roar in a bit? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, why don't you just... Why don't you just roll it to her? Well, no, it's not when it does other stuff. Is that why don't we just let the kids play? And I was like, it's not actually a ball, all right? Uh, what is this priceless Fabergé egg? Why don't you just roll it to each other? Well, that's not what it's for. Oh, let the kid have a laugh with it. Oh, fine. Which is clearly not. She could have more of a laugh if you let me explain. No. Um, but no, so it's it's really awkward. So this is where I guess we we see that Gemma is out of her depth. So. She kind of yeah. then tells Katie to like, I'm I'm really sorry, I'm gonna have to work. Um, but then when they finally start to connect a little bit, so yeah, Katie comes in and she shows that she's been drawing and she starts to show her things that she has made. Maybe they have more in common than they think, and she shows her exactly, yeah. Um a, a robot that she that she's made in her in her a life bloody, at college. A bloody robot. She's like, Oh, not at this robot at college. Like the most advanced, like, <laughs> like the yeah. thing from the end of Aliens. Yeah, um, made like a big, power loader, effectively. Big power loader grabber. She, yeah, not that up in college for a laugh. That's right. It still works as well. Put the put the Tony Stark gloves on, um, and I can do make it do a little stand up and high five. Yeah, this is Chekhov's robot as well. It's like, oh, it can. It's got these little perception things, so it knows if it's touching something alive, it has to be gentle or something like hard that it could like smash to pieces. What do you yeah. call this robot? Oh, I worked on it with um, I worked on it with a colleague of mine actually, a Russian fellow by the name of Chekhov. <laughs> Chekhov's robot we called it originally, but then we renamed it. Yeah. Um, and uh, here he is. He'll be here, here he in the garage. Um, Chilling. until he'll be here in the garage. Maybe he's just a throwaway thing. Maybe he'll come back later. This powerful oh, yeah, robot I've... that I've made. I did kind of think that that is the time for him to maybe get involved came and went, but. You know, no, <laughs> I straight away. I was like, I'll see you at the end. <laughs> I'll see you at the end. See you later, mate. Um, see you later, so mate. I, so, I guess you could kind of call like Gemma like a bit of a workaholic, but she seems to obviously want to help Katie and give her a good life. However, she realizes that maybe she can't do it all on her own. Um, so what kind of convinces her to? I think. Seeing... Oh yeah, I think she she says something like Bruce, doesn't she? She says, "If I had a toy like that, I'd never need another, need another toy, toy again. again." She goes, "Eureka! I smell a montage coming on." And then she Eureka. brings the lads come Johnson. around, and they um, <laughs> and they do a little montage of making a Megan, which is weird, isn't it? Because it went so wrong that I kind of didn't, uh, I wasn't kind of, it didn't seem that she'd try and do it again. Um, are we really given an idea of like what she che- what she does differently to make it make this Megan work? Just remember, just remember to put a bit, and then she works extra hard on it, I guess. Um, and I guess <laughs> the other mistake she's made beforehand is that she made it in a fully equipped like laboratory before, rather than just in a garage. Seems to go yeah. better. Easier um, to do it in your garage, isn't it? Yeah, just knock it up. So they've made uh, Megan, and they realise that they. They basically fob off the boss and they say, mm. look, when they do bring him in for a presentation, yeah, actually, I'm not going to show you this. I'm going to show you something else. You'd be and... fuming, wouldn't you? 
You would be livid. Even if it was good, you'd be like, are you all right? Do you want to do your job? Because I've got people breathing down my neck, all right? Let alone people <laughs> breathing down your neck. I've got people breathing down my neck. What am I supposed to say when I go, this is the second time now, and I'm sorry, <laughs> even though I asked her to make one of those little furry bastards, she's gone away and made another Megan, and I feel like I just can't, I can't work under these conditions. Oh, have you ever idea of the pressure I'm under? <laughs> yeah. You'll breathe with um, that mindset, mate. Um, but she, at first he's livid, but like he showed and she they did the demonstration and we basically switch Megan Mithrigan on for the first time and he and they pair it with Katie and I tell you what, little fake out here. Um so what happens is they interact briefly, she says hello, it's all very like you think for a robot, and obviously seen it not work once. You think, oh god, is it going to go wrong again? She goes, oh come on, should we do some drawing? And she holds these pens and like like just wobbles around over the paper, and yeah, and then she hands Katie the the drawing back, and it's a blank paper. And then she leans over and accidentally knocks over a glass of water, and you think, oh no, fucked it, it's not going to work. What happens as that water seeps into that paper there? Beautiful watercolors. <laughs> Beautiful. What's the what's the programming for this? Like, right? Does she know how invisible ink works? Well, we got to program that in. Does she know how to do a amazing, beautiful drawing? Well, we've seen all the AI art over the last few months. It's it's outstanding. We'll just whack some of that in there in the in the programming code. Um, um, she and she and she does it, and then Katie's got a lovely, lovely drawing of herself and the boss is ecstatic and he's up with the he's down with it immediately saying like look at this I'm... basically they convince him <laughs> you know what what you need to do is you need to build things that people can't replicate fuck him look at this wicked robot i've made yeah i mean what i don't understand though is how he goes from seeing it work, work not work once to then seeing it work and then he goes roll it out <laughs> let's get that... this out He's getting he's getting into pitch mode, right? He's thinking, right, what you're gonna do is you're gonna build a you're gonna build a Megan and the person we have to convince is a real hard ass. He's the numbers man. But if you can convince him to think of this with his heart, because he's got a kid who's about that, he's got a kid who's about Katie's age. You he sees this, this man. Yeah, you manipulate this man, then you've then you've done it and we'll be millionaires, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> this time next year uh yeah so pretty much does that and essentially um it's like a living prototype that uh situation where he gets she gets megan to come live with katie in order to build up that bond but this is the thing i feel like it needs extensive testing i feel like if it's something that's like oh it grows and it learns and stuff i feel like you'd need like extensive testing to work out how these relationships grow but i guess the the real enemy Andy is capitalism because it's like, yeah. who cares about this? Let's just get it out there for all the rich capitalism, kids. Capitalism and capitalism's mates, hubris and <laughs> yeah, robots. Um, yeah. <laughs> then again, you know, you know, Ben, we we see these start lessons. They open a Jurassic Park. I'd go the first week. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like true. that's true. And the same, like, even if I, I think I, house. even if I think I heard that somebody got poison spat into their face by a Dilophosaurus I'd still be like ah, nah, nah, nah. it'll be alright he was trying to steal that shaving can <laughs> it'll be alright <laughs> right. 
It'll be fine. Once the T Rex is out, I'm sure they got like stand still. Vision's based on movement. I can stand still. Fine. Stand still, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Megan comes. Megan comes home. Um, and we get a little montage, right? Because this is her preparing the thing, and it shows the things like, oh yeah, the robot will nag your kid to wash their hands, and it'll do bedtime stories. It'll yeah. Basically, do the lot. Basically, like all the little details, you know, that with an actual human relationship is all the important stuff that helps develop that bond with somebody. But of course, sometimes for somebody who's got a a really demanding job or just a demanding life in general, can be difficult to make time for. Rather than making time for it and making effort, cut it out completely and get a Megan to sort you out. Yeah. Yeah. you know, oh. apart from those long-term problems that veer on the horizon and her friend warns her about saying, oh, what what are you going to do with her? Um, it's phenomenal. Yeah. She's having a great time. Having a great time, exactly. Um, obviously, we get Megan walk into the house with her sunglasses, take them off in an iconic nature. Why does she need sunglasses? Did they try and explain that? Maybe the 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 sensors in her eyes are sensitive nope they don't they just go yeah but she looked cool with gla- sunglasses on wouldn't she yes she would yeah. and we see when we first see megan as well she can do like a, an emotional readout on people so she's got all the skills i think this is the first time to say it ben it's too much future, isn't it? F- future generations ask me i'm gonna tell them this is terminator 3 we've had so many <laughs> goes at, we've had so many goes at terminator 3 this is the yeah. best one this is the best one. I don't know how I feel about a doll being able to look at my face and see what percentage of guilt I've got. What in percentage it. guilt and also like... some people have got like resting bitch face. So like how can you work out what's going on with their face if they if you know they won't be happy as happy as Larry, but their face is, tells you something different. Yeah. Nah. Maybe it can maybe it can maybe the AI algorithm can process for that though. Be brilliant as well. Like the maybe the, yeah. the, I'd love to see more innocuous, less life and death situations with these with these Megans, like for example, it could be like family around the dinner table. And so, Corey, you farted. And it like looks around the table. Dad, 87% guilt. Has, like, it smell, has it got smell? Has it got smell receptacles? You can smell, though. yeah, because Bruce can smell. Oh, yeah. So, Bruce, so Megan Bruce, bloody, Bruce bloody stinks. That's what he does. <laughs> he Who farted? It was Bruce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he hadn't even got a face, but some googly eyes on him. She, she won't be able to read him. She'll be looking at him. Guilt question mark percent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she's looking at the, the the guilt. She's looking at all the different percentages of of things going on with people. So she can analyze things quite well. She can take off her sunglasses like Horatio Kane if she'd stepped in and just done a uh, just done like a uh, just done like a pun. Oh, she should have more puns, yeah. I mean, she's quite dry, isn't she? But I think that's kind of like where the humour comes from. Well, she's really um, peppy at first and becomes really dry. I quite like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, because she kind of sounds like that. What was that phone thing that was a, a toy in the 80s when it's like, she's supposed to work out who, who what boy <laughs> you're talking to. Sounds like a dream phone. Sounds like a dream phone to start with, but then eventually. I think what the message here is that like no matter how upbeat you are eventually the life of planet earth will wear you down even if you're ai and you will become dry and well like one of the early interactions is when megan um they're doing some fine tuning on her robot brain and she goes how did um 
they don't think she switched on. Apologies, everyone, if we're jumping around a bit, as is with all new releases. Can't make notes of the cinema, it's bloody dark. So um, but it is it is in this early section, right, where where Megan is meant to be switched off, plugged into the computers for a little update, and then she suddenly yeah. pipes up. Um how did her parents die? She's like, oh, you know, and then she's like, what's death? Hang on, I'll tell you what, I'll look it up. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, oh, yeah. What, that's, that's what death is. Don't so Google it. Talk... Well, I mean, the thing is, you can't teach AI this because everybody knows never Google it, never Google your symptoms. She just goes straight up Google, Google's things and takes takes it at face value. And she's downloading it. And then Gemma kind of installs that. I'm, an, I'm another primary user, so I'm allowed to switch you off. Um, oh, yeah, because initially Megan pairs with KD um, and yeah. like, you're my primary user. And, you know, um, I'll essentially like do anything for you isn't it yeah uh and then they have these things about like well i will do these things and if any i can talk to it and then they kind of set that's when Gemma sets this parameter like your main thing is to stop katie from being physically or emotionally harmed which is what she says as a way to stop her asking katie about her parents being dead Mm. Um, and you have to stop that from happening. She's like, okay, fine. I've accepted this parameter, uh, and we're we're good to go. And I think this is just before we then get the next interaction, where um, having a lovely innocent game of arrows in the in the garden, and an arrow falls a little bit too close to that hole in the fence, oh, and yeah. then both of so- them take a. Chomping from the next door neighbor's like a pasting. dog. So the next door neighbor's dog, uh, like initially grabs. Me- so Megan goes to grab one of the little um toy arrows. Megan gets like dragged through the hole and like ravaged, essentially shook about. And then Katie goes to her aid, puts her arm through the hole, and then a dog actually bites her, chomps, chomps her down. Um, and then I can't remember why the dog lets go or goes away. I think Gemma comes to the aid of her, and both- then. The neighbor both come out. They're both screaming. Yeah. She calls the dog off. Um, this, what? Why in this scenario is it automatically like, ah, uh, it's just a scratch. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I feel like if that happened in any scenario, an actual dog bite, it'd be a big deal, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if a dog bites a kid, the authorities yeah. do take it seriously. They don't go, oh well, the neighbor says the dog was provoked. The neighbor said the dog was provoked and it was your side of the fence. Like, it's kind of silly. That's kind of d- disbelievable. But there's a really good, obviously, the, the neighbor hasn't seen Megan yet. So initially, she's like, those two little girls. And then Den realizes that Megan sort of actually... sits up and is like, she sits up and she's so disheveled. <laughs> you know, she, rem- she reminds me of like, uh, what are they called from Dark Crystal? The little gelfling. Like a gelfling. She's like a little stick in much... the dump when she gets up just now. <laughs> yeah. I'll run a comb through your hair where you love. Jesus. Dragged it by the edge backwards. Literally. Um, <laughs> that's it. Literally. She dragged... If you've never seen it before, that's what it looks like. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty disappointing. But with Megan's... If you, if you had facial recognition thing where you could work out what her emotion was you know she's planning something planning revenge vengeance 86 percent. yeah <laughs> um and that that very night we see one of what well, we see one of megan slash mithrigan's skills in that she is an excellent mimic and the dog yeah i mean rude of a film sorry everyone the dog does does get it in this one 
not on screen there, so we're okay. Yeah, we don't um, see it. So the dog's chilling out, and it hears its its owner calling for it in the same way, doing the whistles, doing the claps, and goes to see yep. what happens. See what happens, and his dog <laughs> gets, but he slurps off through the fence. Dog gets slurped off through the fence, um, and obviously we don't see anything happen to the dog, but we do assume that something terrible has happened. So Megan's already taken the step from being um, someone who just protects KD emotionally and, and physically to literally getting revenge on something that hurt. Um, revenge on the dog. KD. Got back in. She's uh, as if nothing's happened in the morning. And then we look out, well, Gemma looks out the next morning and um, the neighbours searching for a dog um she then calls the police pretty much very quickly and accuses her of oh, uh, yeah. having done something to it so, you know did did say just yesterday that you would you know in, in an incriminating sense said have your dog put down or i will do it for you pretty um, much any instance where anything's remotely wrong get the get the fuzz involved she does um yeah and i mean yeah she's kind of right on the money <laughs> pretty much but uh but yeah it's pretty pretty intense and then there's a lot of megan staring out of windows isn't there as well yeah um clearly having a lot of uh thoughts about all this but despite the injury to her arm katie does go to the next demonstration for the bloody big wigs and at first it led to think it might go wrong right yeah so pretty much straight off um we see katie in so they're watching in like uh in the same room as the presentation was done before. Um, it kind of looks like the room from Stranger Things, doesn't it? Where Eleven was... was um, like le- a one-way mirror room in like a pretend playroom that yeah. you can see how kids react to stuff. So obviously they've set it up to be like the kids playing or bonding in some way, but it goes wrong, but then it goes better than anyone could have ever anticipated, doesn't it? Yeah, so... As soon as Megan walks in, they're going to do this little demonstration, but straight away she's crying. Looks looks like it's going to be an absolute car crash of a... Oh, sorry. Insensitive. I mean, they died in a car crash. Um, Jesus. So, um, yeah, they it looks good, like it's going to go terribly. Katie's crying. Um, she says, oh, I'm just worried that I'm going to forget what my parents are like. And then Megan, mm. ever so nice, goes, well, tell me something good. And then she keeps that memory and promises that she'll keep the memory for and she'll be able to replay it anytime that she worries that she's yeah. forgetting them. And then she sings a little song. What does she sing? Oh yeah. Just a little, it's like... just a little L- song about little... being best friends, right? Yeah, something like that. I mean later on she sings a song which is like a a, a mainstream popular release. <laughs> but this one feels like more of a uh sort of little lullaby. It reminds yeah. Custom yeah, job. exactly. Sings are, little, job. sings are a little rhyme. I do like the mainstream song. She sings that. I thought it was very funny because um, <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they sings sings a little song, and like the people in the boardroom are crying. The person they're worried about getting on board is like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Yeah. This is the best thing I've ever seen." Um, they comes out the meeting and says. Um, you might want to set up a meeting with uh, between Gemma and HR because she's basically just become the most valuable asset this company has. Is this going to be a thing where they like uh, insure her hands for like ten million or something? You know, like a sure a robot making brain. 
Can we ensure your robot making brain? I was mucking about making them Furbies not so long ago. I've made like an actual robot woman girl. Perish the thought of ever doing that again because you're. Yeah. I kind of did want a scene of Megan like destroying some of these little Furbies or something. That'd been quite funny. Smashing them up. Smashing um, them up to bits. We uh, see that one of the other assistants, um, like the the CEO's general assistant, is bloody idea stealer. He's downloading all the files. Yeah, so he seems like a sort of fairly nice guy who gets a lot of jip from um, Ronnie Cheng's character. But I didn't have him down for this, but yeah, he's stealing. But the thing is, this doesn't doesn't pay off so much, does it? This is kind of like a... I thought it was going to be a bigger plot point than it was. I suspected this is a loose thread for... It's uh, it's a get out cause uh, for, sure, for a if we have a sequel. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'll take back that poo pooing. Um, I think say... I feel I feel like that's a possible way for him to get them. And also later, Megan seems to know that he did this, so maybe that means that she has the files of how to build Megan's as well. Yeah. There we go. Um. um so that he's is doing se- that. Yeah. That is a sequence where Gemma takes. KD to like some sort of outdoor so she says about taking her to school KD was homeschooled before but she says I'm going to take you to a different sort of school they've got like an open day where it's kind of like outside play um, which sounds well, all well and good but what if it's a rainy day you know where are you going to go kind of just mill about in the woods like a bloody wet weather day at school you have to go in there's like designated classrooms you have to sit in and have no fun yeah exactly um, so then yeah we're already introduced to like this dodgy lad called Brandon. And been before a bit... we even get there, though, Katie is acting out a little bit, right? Because she's more aggressive towards oh, yeah, of course. Gemma. There's a little bit where um, she doesn't want her to go at first and they have a little bit of a row. And mm. Megan kind of shouts at Gemma and makes the lights flicker. She can do like spooky yeah. Gandalf voice. So it's like you Megan is... Take me for a conjurer of sheep. <laughs> she does the um she can make the lights flicker and be very angry when Gemma she's like good grabs Katie's arm. Yeah. Yeah, so she's almost like step she's like undermining her in a way, isn't she? So she's like, right, okay, you're trying to be a mum, Gemma, but you know, here's my much more logical robot brain telling you exactly how oh, you should deal with these yeah. things. She's, she's like, don't take the toppings off the pizza, is it? Actually, uh, research shows that if you force children to eat vegetables, then they're less likely to have them when they're. Yeah, don't need that. Don't I don't need that. Please don't tell me that. Need you school and me, Megan. Although, if it's good advice, it is good advice. Yeah. Um. So what we're kind of made to understand here is that Megan is taking it upon herself to kind of be that guardian for for Katie, no matter what the situation. You know, whether it's something that's going to affect her. we also have the bit with the what's it called? The um the therapist has been back in. She's sort of shown some concerns that this would happen, that she'd take that she'd start yeah. to see Megan as a as the actual parent figure. Yeah. And then she upsets Katie while she's asking about her feelings. And then Megan just rocks up and is like, You've you've made her cry there. She like the, the tissues are gone and Megan's gone. So she goes, Oh, that wasn't my intention. It's like, but alas, that's what happened. Yeah. And yet <laughs> yeah, this, and is, yet... this is great this is... and yet that is what happened and she's like yeah. frowning at yeah this is where I think this is some of the best stuff in the film like Megan is brilliantly creepy and manages to scare people without doing anything despite being a little robot yeah. girl 
Well, this is the thing. Like her, she's kind of got like her facial expressions don't change that much. Whereas, like even Chucky and Child's Play, like when he fo- went for Chucky, his face was <laughs> oh, all like screwed up and all like. Yeah. Whereas... That's doing the rounds recently, isn't it? Like it's been used in a lot of memes where it's like when when someone says this and it's the video, it's like, "You bitch, I'll kill you!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll teach you to fuck with it. Yeah. But that's that's what's creepy about Megan is that like her, she's got no facial expressions. I guess, um, in a way, like that's probably what Brahms the boy, Brahms the boy was going for with his creepy little porcelain face, which it completely and utterly failed at. Whereas this kind of is 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 effective with that sort of feel. I mean, this wouldn't be that. Tell you what, that he Brahms Brahms the boy two, Brahms the boy three. If it was a Brahms versus Mithrigan, Brahms is not. F- but it wouldn't take ten minutes. No, Brahms is not fit to to lace the boots of of Megan Mafregan, unfortunately. And she's titanium, and he's made of like little porcelain doll face. Oh, he's, well, not even he was a little porcelain doll face. It was actually a man with a thick knit jumper living in the walls, and then he became <laughs> that scabby baby. Maybe in scabby baby, <laughs> he's, he's more powerful. Yeah, because it is but, supernatural, isn't it? I f- but I feel like in if I put this into terms I understand, Ben, if I if I put this into like a Pokemon battle, I think mm. robots are strong against ghosts. So I don't think he'd have much Oh yeah. I don't think it'd be okay. very effective okay. against her. Um okay. but anyway, sorry, we got sidetracked with that background. We finally do get them to go to the outdoor school. Thankfully it's not raining. It's not raining. This looks like uh one of those go ape places, but without the zip lines and stuff. Um yeah, and pretty much immediately they decide to do um, what a gathering like conquers or something. Um, and there's a kid called Brandon who clearly has got some behavioral issues. We see is it his mum or his guardians? Kind of like yeah, it's his mum, and she's like, he's like, fuck off, Judith, or something like that. He's a bad, yeah. he's a bad boy. And I think she says something along the lines of, you know, sometimes people with the highest IQ have got behavioral problems. It's like, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. You ain't going to live much longer anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Some people, sometimes it's the cleverest people that are absolute cunts. Well, you can... Um... Oh, there we go. I'll let him off then. Let him do what he wants. Jesus. Um, but you know, we won't let him off for being a bastard. We've seen for now, it's Megan. Um, so they take cause... they take they take Megan with them, even though Gemma's not keen. And then eventually, because yeah, Katie's completely relying on Megan now. Like, I want Megan to come. I need Megan. Okay, you can take her, but she sits on the toy table with all the other all cuddly the toys, all the other teddies, and she look again. Facial expression doesn't change, but she looks suitably pissed off about the scenario, right? Yeah, and she looks. She's hiding like a like a gremlin in a toy shop. All those other toys around them. Tell you what this is also giving me. I forgot to mention it over Christmas. I sat and watched Small Soldiers, like Major Chip Hazard. She's oh, uh, nice. She's got the psychosis of that guy as well. Yeah. Um, so she's she's sat amongst the toys, but is subtly keeping an eye on things as they go along. And hmm. Katie gets set up with another kid. Kind of turns it down, right? It's like, why don't you go with Brandon? He's like to the teacher. I'd rather die than go with Brandon. And I might if I go with him. He's an absolute fuck, please. Um, So Katie gets paired up with him. Um, Not a smart move on the organisers. You're trying to get this kid to come and join. (laughs) And you're going to pair anyone up with this known problem child. Yeah. Um, And also, like, he's like a big 
kid, like he's a, he's what like sort of thirteen, fourteen, quite like a lot taller than KD, and I'm just like, where's he? What's his problem? Like a, a little girl as well, just like straight up physically abusing her immediately. Yes, yeah. Do you want this conquer? This, yeah, squeezes it in her hand, spikes yeah. her. Yeah. And she screams, but luckily Megan is immediately there, ready to take no shit. And she's kind of standing um, there. She doesn't say anything. She says, is this a doll? And said, oh yeah, she only talks to me though. So he fireman lifts her and just runs off into the woods. What's he going to do with that doll, bloody weirdo? Well, he, I don't want to know. know. Little weirdo, because he takes her shoe off and then sort of straddles her and slaps her around the face. Um, oh yeah, why do you do that? It was weird, oh, very, very weird. Already, if we're thinking incel energy, despite the fact he's like thirteen, this is it. You know, if you saw a kid like this, you're like, we need to intervene immediately, otherwise he is going to grow up to be. Yeah, this an is the absolute... kind of kid that you know is 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 a news story waiting to happen. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. Megan has obviously uh, seen this in on the cards. So grabs his hand as he goes to slap her again. Um, does a terrifying robot stand up when he, he like backs up and she like <laughs> Yeah, this is effortlessly good. like stands herself. It's really the movement on Megan is so well done. Yeah. Um and basically beats fuck out of him, twists his arm, and then gets hold of him by the ear, says, Listen, well, Sonny. Ch- chases after him on all fours first. Oh, yeah, she ate runs after him. She ate runs after him. I think we saw this in the trailer, and I feel like, sure, they probably made her do that just because it looked creepy. But still, maybe maybe she's faster that way. And she's just yeah. gone, right, how can I How can I get to him quicker? That's it. We're going to have to ape uh, run at him. But, she yeah, she gets jumps somebody, on yeah. him. Yeah, because they have a bit of a tussle first, don't they? Is that right? Yeah, she gets him by the arm. I'm not sure if it's before or after the ape run, because that obviously leads to his eventual demise. But she's... She grabs him anyway and is pinned him down and basically gets him by the ear. I Pulls didn't know he stretched that far. I don't think they do. Um, she stretches his ear, and I've already mentioned it, to like, she stretches it almost completely clear. It looks like sellotape or something. It looks like a fruit roll-up, that's what I said. It looks like if one there, of those fruit, yeah. strawberry if fruit roll-ups. Looks absolutely, she turns his ear into a wambar. And like his one bar on a hot day, not when they're brittle and cold. <laughs> um, and she's giving his ear a right old stretch. It feels like if there was a third person and you were to put your lips against his stretch ear and blow it, you could bubble it and like go. Oh yeah, bubble gum. Um, but she says, "Tell you what, the worst thing is about horrible little boys like you is that they turn into horrible men." So I'm afraid I mean, I'm gonna have to teach you a lesson. Don't think she's wrong. And you know, even though I wouldn't say the 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 way of to get around that is just by murdering all the bad kids but i mean this script as well at making you hate this boy that's all i'll yeah. say <laughs> what you are saying is if it happened to one or two of them the others would perhaps learn a lesson um, yeah they'd be all right um, yeah so he, she snaps his ear off and then chases him into a ro- i didn't know if the film was he just go like that far he, yeah, he just like rolls down this ravine into a road and then just gets splattered by a car. We see his like shoe come off, so I think we all. And then the police are like questioning KD while Megan watches from the car, little beady eyes. <laughs> She's looking out there. She does a quick check on a check on a guilt percentage. Oh yeah, she does a guilt percentage. Let me check your guilt percentage. If I had that ability, I'd be doing that all the time. 
Andy, what we're we doing this podcast? Why are you thirteen percent guilty? Eh, what have you done? Have you cheated on me with uh, another podcast? Uh... <laughs> so you done? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> you got little mate Megan looking, doing the little calculations. What's um, that? <laughs> and then pretty much immediately after that, they go home, and Celia, the neighbor, like confronts Gemma and Katie, and basically says, "Like you, is your fault? My dog's gone." Um, what does she say? Does she say about? Calling the police again? I can't remember what she says. She's she basically. No, she's, she's like, hasn't got him. Says basically, I'm gonna, gonna fuck you two up. And then yeah. Megan's having a look at her, doing some calculations again, saying, right, got a taste for this. Got a taste for this. Oh, uh, and I've done one murder today. Well, I didn't really do a murder, but you know, kind of helped someone towards towards their untimely demise. Uh, I fancy doing it again. So now she does her um, mimicking thing again. Yeah. Craps uses it the other way around. First, she put, helps Katie go to sleep because Katie's like, "Did you? Oh yeah, did you wreck that boy's shit?" And he was, she was like, "Oh, you know, we've all we've all learned a few things today. We've all learned um, a few things today." And uh, but but just to bypass that, it was a lovely song. Yeah, and she sings to her popular popular smash hit by Sia. Does Titanium? Excellent choice because as we learned in the opening scenes. But he made a titanium, so absolutely I, true. I didn't even make that connection in that moment, but yeah. It says at the beginning that she's made of titanium alloy. I wonder how that, or she's Googled that, titanium song. Oh yeah, perfect. Just like, this oh, is, this is my song. This is my bloody song, mate. Not a bad singer either, is Megan. Um, well, this is, this is weird that she's got, what I kind of liked was the fact that, yeah, even though her voice is like a human voice like it's got that kind of auto-tune-y effect to it so it sounds kind of has an occasional you're right has a synthetic quality it's a bit um sounds like t-pain not trendy enough to know that is she's got a bit she's got a bit of a glados voice to her when she sings t-pain is a famous like um america like a rapper um who made like auto-tune pretty famous you say you're not trendy enough to know but i'm pretty sure it was like 2000s Ah, he's in a <laughs> is it buy you a drink that's right i said drank not not drunk not not, not drink drank it's one um, of those things I'm... maybe it's something where it, occasionally it'll happen something old will happen it's definitely a lie this time i think i'm looking i think he might be really really rich because of auto-tune i'm pretty sure it's invented um, auto-tune well i, I think he's invent... paid him a fortune I don't think he invented it. I think he like made like the really auto tuney sound like cool. So, like so, people were like rather than people going that sounds auto tuned. People were like that sounds auto tuned. Yes, love it. So like when when Dane Bowers and Victoria Victoria no. Beckham released their Out of Your Mind song, reached to number two because of Alex Ferguson's curse. Um, <laughs> Out they, of they, your they, mind. They they probably had to uh, pay him for that. T Pain. I think it might come beforehand, but who knows? Who knows? I can't. I can't. Neither, neither here nor there. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix about. I think it's just about music in general, like about certain cool things that have happened to music. And one of the episodes is about T Pain and Autotune. Anyway, that's that is neither here nor there. Um, but she, she sings that lovely stuff. Got his technique. She sings a lovely bit of Titanium with a bit of a a Glados synthetic style to it. Um, yeah. And soon as. Um, Soon as little ones, soon as the wean's off to sleep, she's like, right, off to work. And this right, time, it. she gets the owner in much the same way she got the dog. She's imitating the dog's noise, 
and is is it like a sort of abandoned little house or something like that or it's her shed because her her power was oh shed oh yeah of course she gets her into her own shed um nail guns around to a wall and then we don't see it the film does dial back on this got to keep that 15 certificate i think this would be this film had been an 18 yeah then we would have seen we would have seen like a power washes her skin off i guess like well, yeah, I, I guess. I guess because of are like the, a predator. I guess because of the chemicals, then it just the power of the jet wash. You could, I guess, you could <laughs> rinse right. the skin off. If it's a if it's a cartridge pressure washer, other pressure washers are available, obviously. But I think you can cut a finger off. Um. So yeah, second second kill already. Um. So I think pretty quickly Gemma starts to become suspicious of Megan right and it's because yeah because the police come around and go didn't I interview you about a murder yesterday this is a really weird like detective isn't it a really weird police detective yeah just a weird yeah he's just got a weird sort of attitude um, and he's kind of like very Columbo he's kind of like oh I don't know I'm not really I don't know why I asked you that but you know Um, that sort of thing but yeah, he's like, oh, it's just a short you might know about murders. And you go, well, well, the little boy just got run over by a car. And he's like, oh, no, we found his ear in the bloody jungle. Oh, and he laughs and he says, oh, sorry, I shouldn't laugh about that. <laughs> yeah, he's, actually, yeah, he's great. I love those little comedy beats. And now, like, I think this is why, having watched Megan again, oh, with, with the Malignant, I spent so much of that film not knowing if they wanted it to be funny or not. And yeah. now, having watched Megan, yeah. I was like, Oh, you're intentionally funny, and now I like that more. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I'm with you there. Yeah, with malignant. I'm gonna have to go back land. and re. I'm gonna have to go back <laughs> and reassess malignant based on what I know about it now. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, Gemma becomes like suspicious suspicious of Megan. Uh, starts like trying to check things like her video logs and her GPS things to see where she was at the times of these deaths, but. Um, all of the all of the files are like corrupted or like completely erased. So she's like, right, so something's up. Um, so she turns Megan off, but kind of like tricks her into turning her off. Doesn't oh it? yeah, because yeah. while she's looking at the yeah, while she's looking at the files, she hears like a um smart speaker. His name I won't say here. Um, yeah, comes on and says, "Oh, you're all right." And she goes, "Hang on." Yeah, they're programming you to ask if I'm all right. And then she looks so, up and it's Megan going, oh, I can copy that. Um, so uh, what are you doing? And she kind of confronts her and she said, what are you, what are you mucking about? And then she tricks her by going, you just work on this with me. Just have a look at this pencil. And she has a look at it and then she like, presses her off button on her neck and gets her. her off. So this is, the first, this is the first, yeah, this is the first instance of like, I guess Gemma being a little bit scared of Megan. Um, uh, yeah, polythene's her. A little bit embarrassing for a little wrapped up, and how could you get away with carrying that to work? It looked like you're taking a dead body, especially if someone <laughs> had just someone had just accused you of like killing somebody. And the next day, there you are. Yeah. So she takes uh, Megan to Funky to 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 the to the lab. And Katie's um, kicking off. She's booting the back of her seat. Oh yeah. This was like Babadook vibes, wasn't it? Like when yeah. the kid goes nuts. Um, Boot in the back of the seat, like yeah, fuming, absolutely fuming. Doing big and, this squealing. Is, and it shows already that her attachment to Megan has already gone too far. The fact that clearly something's wrong with Megan and Gemma needs to fix her, and 
Katie's having none of it. I was kind of uh, part of me was kind of thinking, are we going to take it to a degree where Katie ends up killing somebody? Yeah. And this is where they have that conversation. I think you mentioned earlier when Gemma sits with Katie and goes like, you've had the worst thing in the world happen. And I've left Megan to look after you. And it's not right. I should have been there for you because my sister died and I didn't know what to do, but Mm. I do want to be around with you. And like, it is always going to suck that you miss your parents, but I'm going to be here to do it with you. So Mm. basically long story short, I'm not switching Megan back on though. So stop asking. Stop bloody asking. Um, While we check to see if she's a murderer and the other guys Mm. in the office are trying to calculate that. Yeah. Um, They're trying, they're trying to work. They're trying to work that out, aren't they? And uh, and and this is the, they're a bit scared of Megan as well, aren't they? Where they say, right, we should probably unplug her. Wait, is that yet? Or that's right now because they go out. It's right now, yeah. Gemma basically goes, Come on, Katie, we're like, we're not doing this demonstration. I'll take you home. And she phones her assistant. You'll never guess who she's on the phone to, really. Oh, yeah. It's Megan. I mean, I I didn't get it straight away. Did you get it straight away? No, only when I uh, there's like a little bit of like the timpani, the little bit of the synthetic feel towards the end of the corner it's yeah like... and she goes well that's a bit weird but then the other but then the other her her colleague sort of sees her phone just as the phone call ends and she's like what right been on a phone call with Gemma for like three minutes that's weird um so yeah that while i'm doing all these tests they go well we can't actually because everything shuts down and they're like oh yeah. she's still she's still connected to the mainframe go and take all the and this is it they're all scared of her. Um, is it Tess and Cole, isn't it? The two people. Yeah. Cole is obviously terrified. It's very slow. I mean, this is quite tense. Very slowly pulling out all the wires of her head. Loads of them. Um, as soon as you get, no sooner as you got the last one out, is that she comes back to life and starts strangling him. Tied up as well, isn't she? But she manages to sort of like, she's, she's all, hu- she's tied up. very Christ like, right? At this moment. Yeah. Very Christ-like. Uh, she gets free, wraps the cord around um, Cole's neck, and sh- sh- basically hangs him, um, and then just leaves. Does she just leave while Gemma's like cutting her down? Well, she not, she not Gemma. Sorry, Tess, Tess. Is, um, Tess is cutting him down, but while she's distracted, that she stabs a hole in some flammable gas that's there and oh, basically yeah. explodes them. But they're fine. It, yeah, they are fine. It's kind of like. It's just one. Of, it's just a little. It's just a little playful explosion. She um, explodes them, but we can also see that basically Megan can control computers all over the place now because she basically switches the alarm off <clears> as she's walking by. Yeah. Um, so essentially, what's happening is that there's supposed to be a big presentation of or a big reveal of the Megan product with David and sort of all of the social media teams and all of the marketing teams all descending on it to sort of. But again. It's all kind of happening behind the scenes as Megan's running riot. So we obviously already know that it's not going to work out for anybody. Um, David just like stumbles upon her when he's on his way he's, looking he's for He's kicking it. off saying like, where the fuck are they? They've got to do this practice for this big reveal. Uh, and we're not going to have the people. And then who should come around the corner but Megan? And this is when she starts doing basically like a crazy dancing, like flipping around the the corridors and takes a... Big old blade off a guillotine. Yeah, big old blade, big old blade off a guillotine. Um, which they still they're still about, you know. You still find them. Transition to a paperless office before this had happened. Yeah, then there wouldn't be a big, scary guillotine. Um, so she chased. Oh wait, she does a little dance first, doesn't she? 
Yeah. Did we say that? Did we say that? Does it all does a proper little dance <laughs> does like ends it with like a wicked flip and then just basically marches after him down. This scene is great. So much yeah. fun. Again, she's not running. She's kind of just marching after him, isn't she? There's no like scary run that we need. It's very much slasher energy. Very much yeah. Michael Myers energy, isn't it? And as the door opens, she basically sticks in with that and then the crooked assistant is there going, what have you done? You've killed this woman. She goes, oh no, mate. You killed him. <laughs> oh yeah. But then she didn't seem too keen to cover up the other murders she did. So it's almost like, why would she suddenly feel the need to... I guess well, I it's guess because she's... the murders she's committed now are like less required, I guess. Like yeah, Whereas and, and the one she... with the boy... Yeah I, yeah, I guess she would have never been proven that she'd done that. But with this one, she basically makes it look... She grabs the guy's arms and uses them to make it look he probably stuck himself with the knife as well, right? And then you couldn't take it anymore, so you stuck yourself too. Um, bloody hell! And then she just pretty much waltzes out of out of the building. Obviously, everybody who's gathered there to see the reveal of Megan turn around and see the dead bodies in the lift and all scream. Yeah, Megan uses it as a diversion, and she could drive as well. You know, she's got a license. Yeah, and she can also unlock cars because obviously cars have computers in them now, and she can control those. It's all bloody electric, isn't it? It's all bloody online. That's why. If it was an analog world, we'd be fine. There'd be no Megan knocking about. Yeah, um, but it isn't so a digital world. So... So, she, so she goes all the way home. Why are Gemma and Katie at home again? What's the... They've just gone to spend just some time home. together to get away from it all. And she yeah. breaks in, confronts Gemma. And I like this scene here when she's basically... They're fighting each other. They're both trying to find ways to take each other out. Um, yeah. And Katie comes out and she's like, she comes in here, I'm going to tear your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. So... Are you are you two okay in there? Because it sounds like you're fighting. That's all right, we're fine. We're just having a little... They're both, they're both... No, we're not fighting. She's oh, no, please. I am all in pieces at the minute. I don't want you to see me till I'm fixed. Oh, um... yeah, because she's like basically saying she's doing tests on Megan and everything. That, yeah. Um, but yeah, she basically says, I'll paralyze you from the... Well, yeah, that's when she, she gets to other things. They have a fight. She does like... Oh, she dashed in her face just a glass of water. Yeah, so she throws like water on her. But this is the thing. I feel like a really advanced robot like this would be waterproof. be waterproof, especially the head. If it's like a silicone face, I feel like she would be waterproof. The fact that like a glass of water just takes her out and she starts, her, her circuits start frying is a little bit, you're like, oh, okay. So she starts frying and kind of jolting around and acting all, acting all weird. And they have a big dust up in the carriage. And she head trimmers her right in the face. Head trimmers are like face in half. Why do they uh, have a head trimmer? Because as we know from it being broken, they have a fence between their neighbours, not a hedge. That's true. Maybe there's a fe- maybe, maybe there's a hedge at the back. Who knows? Oh, maybe there's a hedge at the back. Maybe we've got some shrubbery. Um, <laughs> but they um, but she they short. It's it's a big like cinematic fight between them. Megan's comes after her with a hammer. Um, yep. the, she saws the face uh, and then this is when she points out says, oh well you can't you can't kill him. what's going to happen she's going to take you to Florida with her and she goes oh no 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 like actually one of my oh. other features is helping with palliative care so if I smash this pencil up your nose you'll Jesus. probably be paralysed and bite your tongue off so you won't be able to do anything and I'll just uh, I'll just keep you here I'll just keep you here. You'll be you have locked in syndrome, and yeah, and I'll carry on my day. I'll replace you essentially. 
Um, but then Katie arrives. And now initially, there's a little bit of a fake out because we were supposed to think that Megan is somehow manipulating slash convincing Katie to side yeah, with her. Yeah. And, and if you look at that trust percentage, Ben, it's oh, going yeah. up. The trust percentage is going up. I'm like, oh, no, Katie, don't. She Katie, must have you can't looked, do this. She must have looked at Gemma and trusted her. She obviously didn't know which direction she was facing the trust. That's the problem, exactly. And then this is a great this is a great moment. This is like a fist pump in the air. This is an awesome moment. Is that suddenly Katie has got the motion capture gloves on, the Tony Stark gloves, and she powers them up. It looks really cool because you, you power them up by like doing that essentially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she must have been she must have been practicing. Must yeah, have she been. must have been she must have had a chance to use them. Kind of been the first time she does it. She goes, Oh, we are gonna be a member of the family though. Like Sorry, absolutely slipped my mind. I forgot to introduce to one of the, member of the fam- members of the family. <laughs> so, yeah, who's that? So that's Bruce. Massive gorilla, Bruce. smashy robot. And she absolutely decays the shit out of um, Megan with um, with Bruce. He breaks her in half, like his Bane and Batman style. Just like snaps. He tears <laughs> her in, her in half. half. Although I was worried immediately. The second you throw the upper half into an unseen corner, I was like, it was obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she appears, head head on arms remain remain active. Oh yeah, because accidentally Katie like gets Bruce to stand on. What does she stand on? The other half of the body and like slips, slips and falls over, backwards, so... lands on Gemma as well. Um and then Megan's head, arms, and upper half is trying to kill Katie. Um calls her an ungrateful bitch and says, Oh yeah, calls... I'm gonna be my own primary user now. I thought I thought maybe Megan would have dropped the f bomb at some point. Um, I'm going to be my own primary user now, so independent woman don't need no yep. uh, owner, I guess. Um, uh, girl boss, then, yeah. Girl boss, gatekeeper, gaslight. Um, yeah. Wait, she, that, um... was, that was on that was on letterbox as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so she's she's doing all those things, she, and then thankfully. There's just enough time. Gemma's got just enough strength left to reach a screwdriver and to stab it into Megan's CPU right in the face. Because she's just robot face now. Had the yep. skin yanked off in the fight. Um and stabs her. So it goes like a crash helmet head, and like she manages to basically finish yep. her off between the two of them. Actually, I think that Gemma's the one that she basically saves Katie from her, and then she's being smashed up by Megan yeah. and then manages to screwdriver in the face. Screwdriver, and yeah. that's that's it. Um, they've done it. The the, the police arrive along. Police with... arrive, bloody third time in like a week. Jesus Christ! Um, Sick. Of, not taking calls to that place. We see that Tess and um and her other assistant mate are fine. They've survived. They're a bit charred, but they're they are all good. And they've yeah. come to they've come to take them all home, and off they go. But just as they leave. Who should turn around and give a little sinister little wink to the camera, but Elsie, their version of Alexa in this one. Yeah. So it's like an Ultron then, right? Yeah. Is Megan like an Ultron? Transfer their well, consciousness? I'm not sure. Like, is to... it, is, well, that's what I think. Like For a film that's done well, I think they've done a good... Um, you know, Chucky's restarted. I've often said that the strongest thing about Chucky is have had consistent writing... Uh, Domancini's mm. been part of that franchise since it began. Keep the team now that are able to 
set things up subtly, and it isn't a the game is on um, Dracula Untold like hangover that says oh we'll definitely get a sequel it is the kind mm-hmm. of sequel bait i like that there are lots of loose threads that we could see do this so is she in the the ai assistant that they have there is her consciousness in there does she have access to the program or is the you know are the blueprints going to be out there for someone else to make a megan body for mm-hmm. it to go into in the future like there's lots of there's lots of opportunity there for them to take it in different directions. Mm-hmm. So we've just got a little bit of a the end raised eyebrow to 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 close with. Yeah, there we go, and that's that. That's Megan Mafregan. Um, have we got any got any name game? I've got some for you. Do you do you have any this week? I've got some as well, but we might have some of the same. So let's. Uh, you can go first. So we do a little round robin if you if you fancy it. Okay. Um, let me get the let me get the little synopsis up here. So it says here, brilliant toy company roboticist used artificial intelligence to have developed Megan, a lifelike doll program to emotionally bond with a newly orphaned niece. When the doll's program works too well, she becomes overprotective of a new friend with terrifying results. Um, so um, following the success of Mithrigan, um the robotics company realized that the problem they had with them wasn't so much that they built a dangerous robot, but actually that they made it into a little kid when actually old people are far more stable. So they build a new model of Mithrigan that can be used as a, a lovely grandmotherly figure. A lovely, a lovely grand. Is it like an old lady's name? No. It's very sake. important that you have to pronounce it like Mithrigan for my for my name game. Mithrigan. My grandma. Mananma. Mithrigan. 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 Very good. Yes. I'd also accept Mithrinan. Mithrinan. I like it. Uh, okay. So... A robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. However, there are some initial problems. Um, number one, head, 360 degrees, goes all the way around, won't stay still. Uh, vomit in pink, st- uh, sorry, vomit in green, goop, uh, terrified of priests and crosses as well. Just Megan, the character from The Exorcist. <laughs> well, what's her name? Oh, Regan? Yeah, Refregan. Refregan. <laughs> Refregan. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So here's another one. So a brilliant roboticist builds a companion for her recently orphaned niece. However, due to a corruption in her programming, the robot becomes an obsessive fan of popular rap artist Eminem and begins to send him increasingly more threatening letters. Um, the free stand, the three stand, very good. I feel like we've gone for different different <laughs> angles of this. Okay, um, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own, but it only seems to repeat jokes from one half of comedy duo Key and Peel. <laughs> McKeegan. <laughs> No, McKeegan Michael Key. 
<laughs> no. It's well, kind of, pretty much. I mean, I'll let you have that. Uh, it's Kafrigan. Kafrigan. <laughs> or Mafrig, whatever you said, is absolutely fine as well. It's all good. <laughs> Mafrigan, my cookie is my. My next one is a talented robotics engineer um, builds a new companion for her recently orphaned niece. However, <laughs> due to a problem in the AI, she encodes the erroneous robot with the fighting skills of Hong Kong <laughs> cinema's greatest actor, uh, Mafree Chan. Mafree Chan, very good. <laughs> Mafree Chan, I like it. Um, okay, what have we got? <laughs> a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own, but it only quotes one of the pop, one of the most iconic antagonists from TV show The Walking Dead, complete with barbed wire wrapped. Um, baseball bat called what's the bar bar baseball Lucille. bat called again? Lucille, yeah. Mathree Negan. <laughs> you get, you're doing it different to what how I've decided to do it. Mathreegan. Mathreegan. <laughs> Forget the ma. <laughs> but it still works because you, you still you still get a point for that. Okay. Any more? Um. Oh, there's Go one on I can't read my this one I can't read my own writing, but um here's another one. So a talented robotics engineer builds a new companion robot for a new for a newly orphaned uh, niece. Um in a happy accident this time, um the robot is able, able to perfectly replicate one of the component colours of ink required to keep your printer doing its best work for years to come. Jesus Christ. Mafree Cyan. Mafree Cyan, very good. Jesus. Oh. And just like, um, if you want a brand new printer ink cartridge, it'll cost about the same amount as, uh, as, a, as a Mafreegan. <laughs> exactly. Right, last one for me. Um, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Uh, and... It'll only eat plant got a plant based diet. <laughs> the vegan or the no. free vegan. No. The free gun. It's my way of doing it. Does my way of doing it make more sense than yours? Because it feels like it does. But now you keep doing it, I feel like does your way of doing it make more sense than mine? <laughs> I'm not sure it's quite late. I'm not sure my brain can comprehend how you're saying it. The free gun. But that's that just it? the name of the film, isn't it? The the Oh, so the beginning of vegan goes. Yes. Uh, okay, now I'm I not understand. saying Mafregan. I'm saying Vafregan. I'm and, like I said, Rafregan and Nafregan. Please send us in your audio notes, everybody. How do you say Megan Mafregan, especially if you're changing the words slightly? Yeah, it's confusing. Um, um any any more? I've got one more for you. Well, I've got two, I've wow. got two for you. Ah. Um, toy company, uh, following the harrowing events of the death of the CEO and an assistant and the terrifying of many young children who've come in for a press event 
um, during the course of the film we just watched. What does that toy company implement as a new policy <laughs> the next day? Uh, you said your brain. I was giving... <laughs> I don't know. Give me another clue. So... Basically, they they all get together. The board come together and say, hey, "We're not going to repeat the mistake we've made here of making these robots." From from this day forward, I am implementing a very strict um, code of practice. Mathree ban. <laughs> oh, it's it's easy. I can't. I can't. Have you got another one? The last one wow. I have is having really survived the traumatic incidents of um of having built a robot companion for a recently orphaned niece only for it to go terribly wrong Gemma decides to retrain as a serial maker however because of the ghost in the machine the suit the first serial she creates contains the personality of the evil robot she thought she was free from Mafree Bran Mafree Bran does keep you regular though it does keep you regular, though. Mathree wow. Brand. Very good. And that is all of the rhyming mm. puns I could ring from that movie. Good. At least we came, we came at it from different angles, you know, so hopefully entertaining for everybody. Let's, uh, let, let's rate... We, we've, we've talked about this enough. Let's rate the film. We've talked about our discussions, um, our, our true feelings on it. So I can't even string a sentence together now. It's been going on too long. I think I'm going to go for a B for this gonna jump in there andy um potentially could be more following another watch but i think this was perfect it did exactly what i expected it to do and because it did that it was fairly enjoyable i feel like it's an iconic already we've got an iconic character ripe for the picking in terms of sequels um yes funny kind of creepy i guess um you know you've got to suspend your disbelief a little bit for some areas of it but I think for the most part, it was incredibly effective. Could it, if it was an 18, it could have dialed up some of the gore a little bit more. Perhaps the fact that she, as soon as she gets a taste for killing anything, pretty much goes on a killing spree. Uh, wasn't it always entirely convinced on her reasoning? It felt like she just had to kill things for the sake of it. But, you know, it was a good time. And for that reason, because of the, like, the blend of horror and comedy, and it was quite satirical, I guess. Performances are good as well, especially from the young actress. Um, so, yeah. B. Joining you on a B, Ben, because I also, oh, yes. for all the reasons Mabri- that you said, Mabegan. Mabegan. Yeah. So joining you on a Mabegan, I think it was funny. As you say, I think we have an iconic horror character who we're going to see more of. Um, also, don't get the same problem as you do with Alina Klammer, but it's fundamentally like a robot. So you can. Have it look like that as long as you want. Um, yeah. yeah, I I like this. I'm excited to see more from this team. I think it's had some great performances in it. Mm-hmm. And it, I really think that it struck the balance very well because there were some genuinely creepy or scary or like moments that really dialed into the atmosphere and the horror. And it was yeah. funny, but not in a distracting way. Yeah, exactly. It, it, the, the jokes weren't like in your face and kind of like oh isn't this 
relevant and and isn't this very now and you should be laughing at this it was yeah. kind of good and i think that it had a good balance of like trying to understand these characters as well and as i said it tackled things like grief and and sort of dependence and all these all yeah. these themes that perhaps i didn't realize it was going to yeah i had a lot i had i had tons of fun with this like start go. of the year and a really strong opening for the first new movie we've watched at the cinema in january great really yeah. pleased bodes Amazing. very well for what is to come for this year for me definitely if you've listened to this show and you you watched mafregan and you enjoyed it or you didn't enjoy it let us know communicate with us on all the bloody platforms that'd be yeah, nice we'd like to you. know what everyone's thinking send your reviews i'd love to know um maybe we'll have to find some way to engineer ways that we can share what people thought of the previous week's film we'll work it out but get in touch yeah. across all of the socials look up horror hangout podcast and you'll find us anywhere yeah. you'll find a bit of social media you'll find us on the facebook you'll find us on the twitters you'll find us even on tiktok these days as even well on the Instagram. tiktoks find us so, wherever yeah. you are send Thank us a you. message ben will read it maybe i will who knows one of us will one of us will you'll get we'll get eyes on it so thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to our current patrons john crinner ben scaife stephen christopher laura kendrick toby miller lane spencer ollie child leslie carlow julia bilgren nick spill troy bursch and pazuzu thanks to tash easton for our theme music thanks to acas for hosting the show please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. As Andy mentioned, we're on all the social media platforms. Just search Horror Hangout Podcast. Next week is a movie called Deadly Friend with a special guest, Edward Harvey. The other half of the Trash Tapes podcast, we had Johan on a couple of weeks ago. Now Ed is, is joining us. What a time. I shall look forward to it. Lovely, lovely another robot movie. Oh yeah, Robit. It's uh ending ending the month strongly. Uh yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. See you on the flip side. Thanks everybody. Bye for now. Oh wait, and thanks thanks for being a right horror dude, Andy Conduit Turner. Always forget Always that. Always that. Forget thank that you bit. for thank you for you for being a right horror dude, Ben, and indeed everyone out there as well. Will be your friends to the end, like that's Chucky, not Megan. But you know, say it in a robot voice. Yeah, I mean, we could sing Titanium, but, you know, um, I think maybe we'd murder it. So let's just imagine that we're singing we Titanium. Could, we could do it. We could fade out depending on how well it goes. We could <laughs> we could just auto-tune it in. That's what we'll do. Yeah, we'll just yeah, put it in there. Bye now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.